I mean, you know, I'm not a huge gore person or, or violence person, but I wanted to see those dudes and promising young woman get like cut up. Well, I was rather than the- being like, I'm going to give you a stern talking to. Very nice ringtone. Who is it? That's my mum. Answer. Sorry, sorry, mum. Let's talk to your mum on on stream. Um, okay, I'll just answer it quickly. Put her on speaker. Hi, mum. Sorry, uh, I'm just a little busy right now. Um. Oh uh, yeah, what are you, what are you up to? Uh, no, I'm just with a friend. We are professionals. Oh. We're professional broadcasters. Sorry, no, no, no. Occupied for a couple of hours. Um, but I'll give you a call broadcasters. We're professionals. Perfect. Perfect. I hope it's picking okay. up. See ya. Thanks, Mum. Bye. Lewin has mommy issues. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, the Oscars was this week. Did you did you get the Oscar fever, Lauren? Um, I didn't. I did not watch the Oscars. I don't really watch the Oscars, but I, I like Christmas who won. in Tinseltown. The Academy Awards. The glitziest time of year. Pop, pop up some popcorn and jump on a board. Place a few bets. Make a bit of cash. I yeah, I did not. I I hadn't. The only one I'd seen was The Father, which I wish that I had uh, put bets on. But I was glad to see that Anthony Hopkins just you know. Beat beat out that 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 Chadwick Boseman, you know, just he, he, Chadwick Boseman thinks he can just stroll in in Anthony Hopkins' house and walk out with with Oscar gold. I don't think so. All right, and at least you know when they announced it at the end that at least Anthony Hopkins was at a remote event. Chadwick didn't even show up. <laughs> I'm not getting anywhere near this. <laughs> yeah, I might have to. I might I might cut this part out. <laughs> well, if you're cutting this part, you're like. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a good joke there somewhere. Yeah, it's getting left. Said a bit more elegantly. That one's getting left in. No, no, please God, no. Okay, do you want to publish the joke or not? Let me work on it. Let's you think you can come into that. my house? You're going to Chadwick Boseman, my Anthony Hopkins house? What did he do? What was he nominated for? Which movie? Best actor for Little Miss Muffet's Imperial... Ah, uh, uh, see? Mr. Magorian Maybe, Wonder maybe he was nominated for Defy of Bloods. I didn't see that. Was that good? For justice for De- Delroy Lindo. I don't know who that is. I'm honestly shocked that... Uh, what was it? Um, Judas and the Black Messiah didn't win. Did they win anything? I don't yeah, think they- Daniel Kaluuya won Best Supporting Actor. Ah. Uh, well, yeah, because that that movie was so much that like compared to most of, compared to most compared to a promising young woman, how that won anything? What did that was best original screenplay? Beyond best me, adapted screenplay. It was yeah, it was, was best original. That one. It it should have been Judas and the Black Messiah. That it ju- it sucked. It sucked. It. I didn't hate it, but it was disappointing. Well. Any point that they were trying to make was rendered invalid by the last five minutes when they're like, actually, it was all part of the plan. And it's like, well, yeah. what is the message no, I then? I agree with that. It's what? Sh- yeah. Spoilers. Like the, the law is bad. The lawyers are bad. But actually, the cops and the lawyers are good. No, so, I 100% agree with you. If it ended where it's like she got killed and yeah. the guys got away with it, that'd be such <laughs> That's- a way more powerful ending. Joke's on you. I plan to get killed. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was apparently how it was supposed to end was uh, with them just burning her body. Good. Like, I didn't find that out until... That would have been... Well, that would have been 
goddamn body weeks but yeah no then i found out that there actually is a whole bunch of people who were like this is shit this should not have won and i was like thank you but yeah it's just no i feel like everyone wanted more of a catharsis after like okay the me too movement is somewhat fizzled we're out of like you know the fervent boiling thanks to joe biden and the democratic party who killed the me too movement personally (laughs) is that what they've been saying that is what happened that is when Joe Biden got Me Too'd, all of the celebrities who were like pro Me Too, including that, uh, what was it, soap star, not Deborah Messing, the other one. Um, I don't remember the one that was married to one of the agents who was feeding women to Harvey Weinstein. Oh, crap. Um, yeah, she started running, like, she basically took control of Me Too and used all of the publicity to push, you know, cover up her own husband's right complicity. <laughs> And then, yeah, when it, when Joe Biden got an accusation, she turned on it immediately, said like, no, we don't, when we say believe all women, we mean not this one. <laughs> we mean not ones that we find personally inconvenient. Who attack allies of us. Oh, I'm still, yeah, no, no. Best thing, I wanted to see like, uh, oh yeah, oh, just, yeah it was like, it was, you expected a, like, they used all the like horror tropes and then when it came to getting that you know catharsis from a killing someone it's like yeah. oh no just a stern talking to I spit on they your grave they definitely didn't you know try that shit again yeah it just, it, it's like they're, they're, they're coming at it like it's an original like subversion of the uh, uh, lady revenge thing like trope like genre subgenre and it just ended up being like oh they subverted it by and now she's dead and then uh unsubverted it by being like but she had a plan anyway it's like they well try, that's not a subversion yeah <laughs> exactly it just it, okay i liked things about it carrie mulligan was good the production design was on point i really um, like bo burnham in it yeah uh yeah it looked great but the weakest part of it was the screenplay was the story it was what they did at the end and that's what won yeah that's kind I, of crazy Ah, and everyone was just like oh yeah they obviously they you know it's it's so this came so out of left field and it's like no studio supported this from day one they picked it up to try they and do oh yeah the hot yeah. button topic this yeah. is gonna be popular and, and it's like full of like 2014's biggest talking points about like what is rape culture yeah it needs to cut a little deeper hit a little harder yeah. at least have a better understanding of it than a thread you read on twitter every two days which yeah. I, I can. I could, I could look it up right now, but I'm not going to because, you know, it's it's not original. It's not it's, it's not a good we idea. We have five hours to spend. I'm also a guy, so, in fact, two white guys sitting in the... <laughs> it was, it was bleep. This sitting whole, in the bedroom, yeah. Bleep. That's going off with the uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman joke that Lewin made. Uh, <laughs> this spot's going to be bleeped. Um, I, I'm going to make so much reference to that joke that Lewin made that I bleeped. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I did see Nomadland in theatres. I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I watched a fair bit of it, but I also was trying to play video games at the same time. Yeah, it's not the sort of movie you do something else at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I was playing Total War Three Kingdoms and... Uh, I was getting because that game's like a pretty passive game. Like you don't have to get fully involved with it. It's just that I was like sitting there just ranting. All right, uh, uh, Lin Bao, I'm coming for you. You're, I'm closing in on your territory from 16 angles. And then I just like look up at the TV and be like, Well, I was diagnosed about 16 years ago, and they said I would only have a few months to live. Okay, back to Lin Bao. <laughs> 
<laughs> Come back to some beautiful Vista. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, takeaways, promising young woman, eh, nomad land, I'm going to give it another try. <laughs> uh what else what else? oh yeah anthony hopkins absolutely deserved the win yeah yeah props to him he, that that have you seen the father i haven't it's Ooh. it looks like it's so hard it, it looks like a tough watch it's pretty like it's 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 not the way that it looks because it looks like it's going to be like about the struggle of co- it's all from his perspective so it's like Right, like, is is what he's saying true? Is it just his dementia? Yeah, there's never really, like, a down moment because it's just when he's... One, when one scene's finished, he's just walking into the middle of the next scene that <laughs> might be happening now, might be happening 16 years ago. He doesn't know, neither do we. Interesting. So I did spend a lot of time being like, okay, at some point it's all going to come together and make sense. It's a bit like watching a Sherlock Holmes film story tv show like whatever it's like you know that <laughs> you're gonna have to wait until like <laughs> you 90- sit back relax it's yeah. all gonna be fine it's gonna make Just sense try to pay attention but it's not gonna really nothing is gonna matter until about 90 percent of the way through when it's gonna be like sherlock holmes explains everything that you wouldn't even really have guessed at it turns out he was coked up the entire time yeah ah. it, yeah exactly it turned out that anthony hopkins uh was actually time traveling. <laughs> he was at Woodstock this, and he was on a bad acid trip. This is, it turned out that he was the time traveler's wife. This was the sequel. <laughs> what a twist. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. Uh, uh, yeah, any other major Oscar talk? Nothing else was that interesting. No, the Oscar special was fire. The Tim, Tim Heidecker's oh God, on yeah. cinema Oscar special. Absolutely. <laughs> prime viewing there, there was people who were watching it in in theaters the the live stream of the uh, broadcast and because well, they the oscars like, or the tim heidecker no the tim heidecker oh my god yeah there's yeah fuck him i, <laughs> I want to take his market i'm just not sure how i love i love him and i love what he does but i want his market i want it fair okay we'll just slowly slowly chip away at it yeah we just need to stumble all over our words a lot. I'm just going to already do that. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to have to awkward pauses. I'm going to have to find a way to like slowly transform this thing so that people think that it's ironic. People uh, think yeah. that from day one, it turns out that I'm like a alt right libertarian who actually does believe arguments against the edge of consent are a uh, no, nope, nothing to add. B. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, so yeah, what are we discussing today, Lewin? I don't, I don't we're know. From... D- we're discussing two incredible, thought-provoking films. Yeah, that, that, that reflect the current climate that we're in. Yeah, we should talk about the. Yeah, we had the lockdown last. Yeah, last we're week. coming we got a... uh, at you live from Perth, Western Australia. Yep, and we had a lockdown last week. We had a little scare. We had a case. We had two cases, possibly three. I. Were you paying attention to any of the news or were you just like, yeah? <laughs> We're sort of in the great position of not having to pay very close attention. Yeah. I'm ashamed to say. When they say McGowan has a, like, a speech coming at 12.30 p.m., then you know that you have to wait till 3.30 p.m. and uh, <laughs> then you turn on Channel 7 News and it'll be like lockdown and there's some information to go along with it. But, yeah, who's paying attention to that part? I just hear, lo- I hear lockdown up. and I send Brian a message saying, uh, you want to go to the bottle And he's like, yep, quick, quick. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's, that's how we deal with lockdowns here in WA because we don't have the existential dread of a, uh, I don't know, UK or US or what's that other place? 
India. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, we don't have... That's not even existential dread. That's apocalyptic dread over there. I don't know what's going on. It's like, there's no end in sight. We're here. It's like, oh my god, it's lasting more than three days. That's a bit of a stretch. The people in Facebook comments of the live stream, it's like... It's like uh, somebody has molested their pets. (laughs) That's, That's how they're responding. They're like... How could he do this? And it's like, it's a long weekend. You didn't have anything to do. <laughs> yeah. like, can we still go fishing? Like, how is that your biggest issue? If that's your biggest issue, stop angry reacting. But everyone still went down south anyway. Yeah. I know people that just went down south. Yeah, you just had to leave an hour early. And they're like, screw it, let's just escape. You just had to leave like an hour earlier. So the, the, the laws weren't signed until like 11 p.m. You were fine. <laughs> And it's like a seven hour wait to drive down there anyway on a public mm. holiday. Yeah, I hate those videos. But don't you fucking cancel the derby. Yeah. Not the derby. Yeah. Well, they didn't, did they? No, they didn't. That is Friday going night, ahead yeah. this weekend. 75% capacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cancel it. But. Just out of spite at this point. It's cancel it. I, I feel so ashamed complaining about wearing a mask at work. Like, after wear it for five hours. Like, oh man, yeah. this is annoying. Oh yeah, we haven't had to wear it for pretty much an entire year. Yeah, I had to wear it for like half an hour once yesterday there when we went to the supermarket and I was like, oh, this is a bit thing. But, you know, you get used to it after like, I don't know, 10 minutes. Maybe it gets a bit hot, but it was in an air conditioned supermarket. So oh, like, then whatever. you're fine. Whereas dad is like, has like the thinnest paper mask possible and still has to pull it down and be like, <laughs> I'm like do you need a ventilator? What's going on? <laughs> Touch the mask everywhere. Yeah. No, it's just his nose just poking out and the nose hole just right? open. <laughs> you know, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> like every time he talks to somebody, he pulls it all the way off his face. I'm like, it's, there's not even a, any point in correcting him. There's... <laughs> That's he's, so wild. He's not going to listen. It doesn't matter. No one else is going to say anything either. But it's crazy the amount of like public awareness on this topic. Yeah. Like how much has changed. Like going back to a movie like Contagion and all the things that I have yeah. to explain. Like the Kate Winslet character is pretty much explaining stuff that the audience back in... When did yeah. Contagion come out? Like 2011. 2011. Mm. Like people won't know. But now it's like everyone knows about social distancing and like yeah. all these other factors like incubation period and like her sitting there explaining it like yeah. oh you know if you don't wash your hands it can spread germs yeah well who were they there with in that that briefing room thing where it's Kate oh. Winslet going we have to find out the R naught and there was a lady how come they never said viral load well they probably never said viral load because as soon as somebody's what was it last the last lockdown when they were like well it depends on the amount of viral load he was carrying and everyone's like "Eh, I bet he's got a big viral load (laughs) yeah I've actually made it to the uh, most viewed amateur videos of 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 Pornhub Uh, it's pretty viral load (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) alright let's should we start oh, with Songbird? Because I feel like we're well, I think we should go real quickly up. through Contagion, just because you know everybody knows that already. We don't need to recap yeah. the. Okay, here's the plot. There's a pandemic. The pandemic explodes because it's a pandemic, and then they learn to treat the pandemic. It's pretty much like a procedural, yeah, about it, like procedural fantasy about how we would deal with the pandemic. Yep, yeah, and fantasy emphasis on the fantasy there because <laughs> in in this movie. And in, I mean, the early days of the pandemic, everybody assumed the same thing, which is like, 
Well, there's people who have got it under control. Yeah, there's people, like, tracing exactly where it came from. There's, like, people on the ground making sure, like, you know, checking the security footage, people on video conferencing calls, like hours after the yeah. first cases yeah i mean it's it's tempting to do like jokey takes about it like how it's like you know the bad things that that happen in the film is just like well that's exactly like when mark mcgowan said that we couldn't have the western derby that's exactly what happened when uh mark mcgowan said there was no two up on anzac day how am i supposed to get a free beer <laughs> and yeah like the bad guys are like bloggers jude, jude law oh, as a, what as a, a great character it just just yeah the, the love the accent love the snaggle tooth yeah i love jude law he's so good he's and got just, like tin tin hair as well it's great i guess like the if they made it now it would be us we'd be the villains the podcasters <laughs> yeah totally. when they're like bloggers aren't real journalists i was like nowadays they're pretty legit <laughs> it'd be like what the um alex Jones. godzilla vs kong yeah the, <laughs> yeah yeah brian tyree henry as, <laughs> yeah. as the podcaster <laughs> Who's actually right about everything? Yeah, we'd be spitting the truth. Except for maybe the bleach. That was weird. Well, hey, we know Forsythia is definitely just diluted bleach. <laughs> yeah, well, what's the real... What's the one that they had here uh, in, in this pandemic? The... Oh, um, uh, what the hell is remdesivir? Oh, not like freaking hydrochloroquine. Hydro- but... Yeah, hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. <laughs> when... Because I, I remember when it was like the first month of, of the lockdowns, I was FaceTiming my sister in London and I was like, oh, have you seen Contagion yet? And she was like, oh, not really. I think we were going to watch it this weekend. And I was like, it's really amazing how well like it captures the first like, well, no, I assumed all of it at that point. At that point, we all assumed, ah, it's Contagion. It's going to be like Contagion. A hundred percent. Like there's even like a, a, a viral YouTube idiot who's talking about, like, this fake drug that, you know, might help but isn't actually, like, a treatment or anything. And uh, it's whatever it was in this movie. What was it? Uh, Forsythia. Yeah, Forsythia. Uh, and then Forsythia. In this one, it's Elon Musk and <laughs> doing uh, hydroxychloroquine. And she was like, oh, well, no, that's actually real. I was like, what? What do you mean? She was like, no, it's been proven to be real. I was like... Oh, no. No, it hasn't <laughs> it, it do anything. And she was like, well, we already got our prescriptions for it. It's just that we can't Whoa. get it. We can't get it here because everyone's out. And like everywhere we go, there's just lines of people out the door trying to get it. And I was like, oh, you idiot. Someone made a lot of money. You. But I love all like oh, that Jude Law character is so good. Even at the beginning where he's like, he's got that first footage of the guy dying on the bus. And he's yeah. like, oh, some people believe it's like a. Uh, live action performance like yeah. the stage or maybe it's because of the mercury and fish yep or it's a bio weapon maybe so it's, it's a like bio he's weapon. half right and even like he's interviewing the doctor yeah who ends up being able to mutate or you know re- reproduce the the virus in a lab environment it's yeah like exactly. he's onto it straight away like he he's was right wrong. yeah he was right up until he was just evil he was never wrong but he was he did misinformation which is the biggest crime that you can do in this kind of liberal fantasy but yeah it's like it's so accurate though that's what stuns me about this film how like okay some of it isn't like some of it it gets <laughs> up to a point sure. yeah. the first hour I'd say pretty it's accurate it's very optimistic about how government works yeah but all the stuff surrounding it it's so spot on well yeah like there is three things that I think are good 
really good about it. They're all kind of related. But yeah, one is that it is incredibly clinical. It's not really interested in the emotional lives of its characters. But that's because it's like completely focused on the process and the, you know... It's like it's cold and sterile, but yeah. that really works. Yeah, that's... Well, it's arguably what you have to be in that in this kind of situation. You can't be focused on, like, the individual, you know, emotional needs and lives and the, the, whatever ties that... But Like, when the... What's his name? Oh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne? Yeah. Oh, when he, when he tells his soon-to-be wife? Yeah, that's... He's wrong it's and it's like established in the movie that he was wrong to do that and he shouldn't have done that and it's like well we can't really blame him but now he's going the fuck down for this he's getting fucked <laughs> he's as well yeah that's you can't focus on the individual characters because in this kind of situation it has to be about the collective good it's it's not about whether or not Matt Damon is sad about his son and wife both dying but they still show that a lot of like they still have those great oh yeah they will show it emotion like, and it's like, okay, we're moving on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Kate we'll Winslet s- getting thrown into a mass grave. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Damon will see you in 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. I lo- okay, I love Yeah, exactly. It. Kate Winslet is just, she's the hero who's going to get this shit done. She's got, she knows how to do the thing that we don't really know what she does. And <laughs> Putting your life on the line. Ugh. Yeah. And then, no, nah, she's, <laughs> she's dead. Doesn't matter that she was uniquely skilled and talented. It's just, nope. Even like they had that little bit where it's like, you know, she's in the bed and the guy next to her is like cold and shivering and she like gives a jacket. And in my head, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, she survives. Of course she survives. And then they cut straight to her dead body in the mask grave. I'm like, oh, shit. That's because she went around not wearing a mask. It's uh, (laughs) it's on her. How dare she go help people? Yeah, it's just what happens. But I love that too. It's like, oh, when did we run out of body bags? It's like, oh, we're getting more from Canada, but. They just want to wait and see now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> We're just like, oh, yeah, they think a lot of people are going to die yeah. soon, so they're going to hold on to their money back. Uh, well, yeah, no, I think that works. It's like you would have to... You. That's how it sort of becomes... If you wanted a pandemic to run as well as the one in this movie does, you'd kind of... Yeah, you'd need people to just be like, look, this is how it is, this is how it's going to be, which works well for most of, like, well, WA at least, where we've got like 93% of people who were just like, Mark says lockdown. All right, yeah, lockdown. Sure, let's do it. And then you've got like 10 people who stand in King's Park going like, oh, I don't like masks. My rights. Like, you, nobody, who said you had rights? Who, I'm a sovereign citizen, okay? Yeah. Who, <laughs> who told you you had rights? We don't have a bill of rights. Who told you that you have them? Uh, the constitution guarantees freedom of movement. Are there any exceptions to that rule? Yes. All right, well, shut up then. <laughs> when you put in an exception to the rule, then you don't have a right anymore. I don't think you understand. I'm not part of your system. Yeah. Okay. I live in uh, Principality of Hut River. Hutt River. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm technically... We've got our own currency and everything. I, I think he announced that he was stepping down. The, the, the king, the original king died and his son is like, all right, I don't have the... <laughs> I can't keep doing this. What I have probably just like a few square k's of property it's like in yeah. the middle of nowhere did anybody actually go after him for that I think he sued the government a couple of times I'm not sure the government ever sued him <laughs> like we can't we can't take this guy yeah this is it's, just, it's too sad it's, people will take his side just to be like yeah fuck you <laughs> it's like he's completely in the wrong but yeah fuck you <laughs> it's gonna yeah OJ Simpson it <laughs> <laughs> 
That's what I'm suggesting, that all the people on the jury they knew that he was guilty and just decided that he wasn't anyway. That's what Lewin's saying. <laughs> That's How what me and Lewin here? have come to a consent. Well, you heard what he said about uh, Bojack Horseman. Um, <laughs> I'm never going to live this down. <laughs> Yeah. I really like, okay, great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Love oh, yeah, the soundtrack. Score. And the montages of, like, the procedural montages. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're taking care of business. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing three, yeah, bop, 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 doing three weeks worth of work in, like, about 10 seconds. And then I'm like, bop, 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 like, bop, Marion Cotillard and, like. Yeah, the, <laughs> he just disappears. Once again, thing. another character that just disappears yeah, from the plot. when I see Cotillard, I'm like, oh, that's right. What happened to her? Yeah. She out of the movie for an hour. Yeah, it, did, it didn't cover that she was, like actually kidnapped and being held hostage or anything it's just she disappeared and then came back at the hostage exchange and i was going what's going on <laughs> oh i don't know like though like the other uh, even just the actors they got in this fucking crazy mm. well yeah everyone wanted to be in the swine flu reparations for the cdc uh <laughs> movie like, yeah, there, look, my main interest in this movie is as an artifact of a history from, like, even just two years ago, which was just, like, the modern liberal understanding of how a pandemic work, would work if worse came to worse. It should, it's, it's full of that, like, 2011 Obama-era faith in, oh, yeah. in the authorities and that, you know what is it like expertise and 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 knowledge would persevere and instead of having like a president come out and just like talk through his ass <laughs> i don't even blame it on that necessarily we'll get to who i blame in just a moment um for all of this uh, yeah the core of it is that like yeah what we have is enough it's that 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 is the meaning it's we will we would get through this yeah. we will get through this we can this. manage this no problem yeah w- when it happens yes there will be some losses but you know that has nothing to do with the systems in place the systems in place will hold up we're gonna science the shit out of this yeah. thing you you don't need to worry about certain pharmaceutical companies holding a, a, a patent to the vaccine which slows up the entire world. Not slows up, kills people all over the world because they can't just, you know, not be bitches for five seconds. Yeah, but that's okay, isn't it? Because it's uh, a, an idea, a, a standpoint on patents that is upheld by everyone's favorite billionaire genius philanthropist, Mr. William Gates. Boom, here we go. All right, yeah, so... <laughs> I, yeah, I've had this in the back of my mind for a while. But, yeah, just last week, Bill Gates started this, okay? He fired the first shots, not at me personally, but at the world, by coming out on TV and saying, like, oh, we waiving the patent law wouldn't make anything uh, any better. I, I personally oppose bending the patent law to treat India's, like, what now, tens of thousands of sick people? Yeah. He's now, like, solely a philanthropist. He's not even a businessman anymore, so all he does is run the Gates Foundation. So, um, I just want to make it clear. Bill Gates is as much a psychopath as every other billionaire. Uh, he personally convinced Oxford University to renege on its promise to make its vaccination that it developed with state money uh, completely patent-free and instead convinced them to sell it to AstraZeneca, which immediately started charging extra money to make a profit off of it. 
Uh, he developed a private distribution initiative to crush the one started by the World Health Organization because the pharma companies all signed up with his program instead because he promised to preserve the copyright law and his initiative only ever promised to provide up to 20% of the vaccines that developing countries which can't afford to actually ship in the vaccines en masse would actually need. Uh, there, there, he crushed calls for open sharing of vaccine research and development, and that's nothing new. He's been doing that since the 90s, only then it was AIDS medication for South Africa. All of his philanthropic health initiatives that he's been doing all take money from pharma companies, which means the people whose who's, who's greed he's apparently trying to counteract and supersede are directly funding him, and in return, Bill Gates lobbies everyone in power to do things like uh, not have to provide uh, life-saving medicines at any kind of reasonable cost, whether it's for AIDS or any other amount of debilitating diseases. What was the one that uh, Pharma Bro, what was his name? John Johnny Schmegma. Um, uh, Martin Shkreli. Martin Shkreli, yeah. <laughs> They wouldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't for people like Bill Gates who make sure that it is impossible for anybody to get rid of the God-given right to IP that we were all born with. (laughs) He's evil. Everybody who's dying in India might have been vaccinated months ago if it wasn't for what Bill Gates personally did. If he wasn't personally involved with any of this shit much fewer people would be dead right now he's evil he's always been evil he made the majority of his money by buying an operating system from a company buying it outright then tweaking it just enough to escape uh, patent law slapping his own patent on that and then licensing it so people don't even own the things that they own so yeah I think he made his first billion off of this software that he had no hand in developing so he would get the cut of every future sale uh, shitting and crushing the cooperative method of software development, any any kind of open source software, he crushed all of those, which was the main way that things got developed in the 70s and 80s. But Bill Gates crushed that entire community and sued them repeatedly. Isn't collaboration great? No. Yeah. Uh, he did the... Uh, oh, yeah, his only original piece of software that he and his, his friend actually made was made on publicly owned hardware. So, you know... Uh, he did the AstraZeneca thing. He ma- he made something private that he made on, you know, public money. He's not uniquely talented or smart. He uses his wealth to make the world for everybody who isn't Bill Gates a worse place. All right, he's a weird nerd with a good grasp on how to monetize IP uh, and patent law, and uses it for evil. I think I think it was the Chapo guys who said this, but he's only slightly more evil than the uh, than the than the QAnon version of him. <laughs> Like, that's the thing. People think he's evil for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They think he's evil because he eats children or something. When it's like, well, no, he doesn't. But he does lead directly to the deaths of children. Um, yeah, he does put into place initiatives like the one in Africa the, to, you know, his, his Africa development plan, where what he does is he goes to sharecroppers and he convinces them all, oh, you know how you all, like, produce food for your village? Uh, by producing like an array of things to make sure you're getting, you know, all the necessary nutrients. What if you all just made corn instead? (laughs) And then you use these uh, genetically modified things and I'm not not going off about genetically modified (laughs) stuff. It's just you use all of this thing that you buy from a private company, you know, that, that, that I'm in partnership with, who's giving me money, you buy their seeds, and then now we have just a corporate stronghold. Everybody wins. In this what, are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. What are you complaining about? Except for all of those kids who now have nothing to eat except for super corn. 
We get wiped out. Yeah, and then we'll make some high fructose corn syrup, and we can move the Coke factory to Africa. Yeah, I don't, I don't think You're there's any sense. problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> The reason that everybody thinks he's a good person is because, like, uh, New York Times, BBC, Vox, you know, they all run constant press things about how he's he's, he's saving the world. Bill Gates single-handedly saving the world. He gives them money, right? He donates that the one arm of his uh, Gates Foundation is explicitly for giving money to... He's got money to give. Giving money to high-profile journals... And they're allowed to vet any article that's about them, even if they didn't have that. It's like, well, they give them money in the first place. It's you're not going to bite the hand that feeds you. It's just, no, nobody is that uh, that stupid argument that they always make, and they're like, "Do you think that you know Rupert Murdoch tells us exactly what to write?" No, but he pays your check. So what do you what do you think we think? You're gonna you start shit talking him. Oh, it's just. So it's dumb. Uh, it, Bill Gates, evil psychopath, scumbag. Hope he dies. Um, Not a cool dude. <laughs> but uh, the music in um, in in Contagion was really good. I think. Yeah, it was, I thought it was great. I really liked it. Yeah, all of this basically to say that even though Contagion is the more realistic of the two films that we're gonna talk about. It's not without its flaws. It's still the 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 more realistic one is still like. Chernobyl, the HBO Chernobyl. <laughs> That's the most realistic <laughs> portrayal of, of what depressing. actually happened. Uh, actually, not Chernobyl. Everybody keeps saying that. That's a weird lib nerd thing to say. Uh, Terry Gilliam's Brazil oh, yeah. is is the most accurate portrayal. I really want to see uh, Shin Godzilla. It's a, it's a Godzilla movie, but it's like, okay, if a Godzilla attack happened, how would the government actually cope with it? Apparently, the majority of the movie is just in, like, boardrooms, people talking like, okay, how are we going to deal with the Godzilla attack? Dr. Stranger Ravu, or how I learned you to stop worrying and love Godzilla. <laughs> love the atomic monster. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I never heard of that. I, I tried to watch one of the uh, latest, the Japanese Godzilla movies, and it is unhinged. It is like <laughs> Dragon Ball Z with Godzilla. It's set like 10,000 years in the future. Godzilla's just taken over the uh, entire surface of the planet. Uh, Cthulhu kind of cult summons Ghidorah to try and kill new mecha huge Godzilla. Oh, yeah, they've been construct- constructing mecha Godzillas to defend their like bottle cities. <laughs> Sold. Sign me up. Sounds great. I watched about half an hour of it and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I read the Wikipedia like run through of it. I was like, nope. Nope. <laughs> can't do this. So yeah, that's 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 contagion. That's <laughs> no, yeah. The the um, fantasy where the the misinformation the, spreaders Yeah, they're get, the they're the villain. Taken down. Yeah, the, it's, it's humanity prevails. The the grand liberal meritocracy succeeds. Everybody who is in the high level jobs are in the high level jobs because they're the best at what they do, and they do the best that they can, and it sorts everything out, even when they keep dropping off like flies. <laughs> R.I.P. Kate Winslet. <laughs> even have the guy like, oh well, he could have sold this for a lot of money, but he gave it to us for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nope, <laughs> doesn't happen. It, mm, fuck Bill Gates. <laughs> he he is why we don't have Contagion World. He is personally responsible. Yeah. 
Good movie though. I really liked it. <laughs> oh yeah, great. What's the name of the director? Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, he he's the one that did the Nick next. Oh. The Nick, which is basically just a pretty open story that's about like Bill Gatesy kind of people. <laughs> Bill Gates, like, Elon what, Musk, kind of set in drama? 1900s. <laughs> it's a medical drama, but the character is clearly supposed to be like an Elon Musk type. He has no like sense of morality or altruism to what he's doing. But leading, he his just field. wants to be the yeah. He wants to be the leader. He's anytime somebody comes close to like also developing a new strategy to like do blood transfusions or something. Anytime he sees that, he's like, no, I have to beat him. I have to beat him. He just kills people. <laughs> I'm the only person that can do good. He slaughters people by thinking that he can do things, basically. Well, I need to check it out. But even though he's upheld as, like, the, a visionary and he's always... All of his, like, surgeries are watched by, like, rooms full of, like, people going, like, mm, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's... No, it's... He kills people. He slaughters people because he must be the best. Well, he's, he's a Stephen Soderbergh, like, great director. Yeah. He also directed all the Oceans movies. Fucking did he? Yeah. It's like, uh, there's almost a, there's like this really slick, clean style. Yeah. I get that explains a bit about. Okay, before we leave. No wonder you had to have so many actors in it because you can't focus on any of them enough to give them an art. He works well with an ensemble. I'm a, I'm a good guy. I'm, 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 I might do bad things, but I'm a good guy. I did the bad thing. I'm still a good guy. You are a good guy. And now somebody (laughs) else believes I'm a good guy. What an, what an arc. <laughs> but okay, compare like how the story's set up in Contagion. Literally, yeah. you have it like, you know, in the context of it starts on day two and we don't get to see the yeah. first sort of yeah. Contagion crossover until the like, very yeah, last was a, scene of the it movie. It was a cheating bitch that's who caused the, uh, the, the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking... Did he just go through a divorce or something? <laughs> I, I love that. Even like all the subtle stuff about like how, okay... In Songbird, you have these generic families, these mm. generic family units, and then in Contagion, it's like subtly hinted at. It's like, okay, this is a family, like a family of divorce. The kid's got a different mother, but lives with a father, in, and it's not like spelled out and explained. It's yeah. just like, oh, it's, it's just in the background. Well, yeah, that's one. Of the, the Contagion characters are not characters; they're just people. They're just like you don't need to hear about like people yeah it's you don't need to hear about like their their personal hang-ups and their dramas it's just like their drama is that there are thousands of people dying in their city and they need to stop that like that's enough of a drama i i I get this character now i don't need to hear that like my dad has alzheimer's and i also want to find the cure to alzheimer's it's like (laughs) no from a completely unrealistic movie songbird oh my god all right yeah let's get into songbird um this one we actually probably did it (laughs) recap probably yeah definitely produced by michael bay it is such a michael bay movie down to the la setting awful awful film i didn't hate it i didn't hate it yeah i did I, i didn't find it like viscerally painful to watch it's it just, just makes no sense. Yeah. It's, so many things make no so sense. So many plot holes. They just absolute plot. Like, there's supposed to be, like, emotional moments, and it's just like, well, that doesn't even... <laughs> not that it the doesn't... writing in it. Oh, my God. It's, it's so bad. Fire. Fire. Fire writing. The dialogue slaps the... Uh, <laughs> how did they get so many, like, reasonably decent actors yeah. into this thing? What is Craig Robinson doing there? I think because Michael Bay produced it. 
Mm. I can see that, like, Selling Point is, like, it's a, you know, COVID movie. Yeah. It's a pandemic movie. It's going to be popular. We'll pay you a lot of money. Alexandra Daddario, I don't know what happened. She was, like, on, on, on a good track to the A-list, like... Was she? Back in True Detective days. Yeah, she, like, got a few pretty high-profile, like, film roles. I don't think she was ever the star. I think she starred in a couple of, like, uh, she in? indie, I indie I, movies. Like, yeah, True Detective? Yeah, maybe five years ago, she was the go-to for, like, okay, we need someone to take the top off. Let's get her. Yeah, she was in Always Sunny. I mean, look at what happened with Charlie Day. Now he's, like... <laughs> he's huge! She was in the Baywatch movie. That's right. She was, like, weirdly pale. <laughs> Just all, all of them were like tanned blondes. And I mean, everyone one... looks weirdly pale next to The Rock. Yeah, true, but she was surrounded by like bleach blonde beach girls who are all like, I don't know, various shades of nut. And she was just like white. Well, like that's not a girl who's ever been on the beach for any regular amount. Like even at the end of the movie, she's still just like bone white. It's called being sun smart, okay? If the Percy Jackson movies had done better, then she'd be A-list by now. I don't know. How did Emma Watson go? She She's kind of still A-list. Yeah, I'd say so. They tried to say that she was ret- retired. Ret- retired. I think at the start of this year, yeah. They, they were doing all of her humanitarian work. How dare she? There, were, there, there was a bunch of like articles that were like, Emma Watson officially retired. And then a, a day later, her publicist was like, no. No, no. no, that didn't happen. And people published articles about that too. Without deleting the old articles. I don't know, I heard about recently. Some movie she's in and is coming out soon. Beauty and the Beast 2. <laughs> That's what everyone wants. The, Give the people what they want. The Beast is back. <laughs> two Beauty, Two Beast. The Beast with two backs. Ah. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, how does this movie start? Okay, Songbird came out 2020, set in a near future Los Angeles where COVID-23 has caused society to, to <laughs> lock down. It's pretty much become like a martial law has been declared. Yeah. Uh, the Department of Sanitation seems to run everything. It's a bit like how all the state governments in Australia had to take control of the uh, quarantine and border control because Peter Dutton just went, ah, nope, <laughs> nope. Not me, not on me anymore. I'm yeah, done I with this. He turned down more power. <laughs> yeah, he could have. He could have been the fascist that he always wanted to be, and instead he I was like. Totally see Peter Dutton and Peter Stromare 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 in his role. He's like, I don't know how I got into the position, but I've ended up with it, and now I'm abusing that power. Yeah, it's the person that was above me just completely dropped the ball, and now I'm in charge. <laughs> <He> died. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Stormare, absolutely. He's the only person in this movie who understands this movie. Oh my god, he plays it so well. Peter All Stormare, of the scenes, I was just like, oh, yes. He, he understands the character. He understands the kind of movie it is. The person Peter Stormare does, but the character of uh, Emmett Harland. Harland. Emmett Harland. Fantastic name. Uh, haven't seen it. Haven't seen many good film names recently, like character names. Like, everybody is just named, like... Well, in this movie, it's, like... Paul Smith. May. Piper Griffin. Like, yeah. What was, um... uh, Craig Robinson's name? Like, Leroy. Just Lester. Lester. (laughs) Yeah, I got a lot to say about that character, too. It's so strange. Okay, like, this movie is so ridiculous. It's, like, even more 
It's like Michael Bay pushed to the limit how stupid it is and over yeah. the top it is. Uh, but I got to yeah. say, about halfway through, I was like, first half, I was criticizing this. I was like, why are they doing this? This is stupid. This is so ridiculous. Halfway through, I just embraced it. It turned for me. And I'm like, I'm actually enjoying this and I really like it. And I'm ignoring all the stupid plot holes and just loving all the sort of over the topness. It went the exact opposite way. The first half, I was just like, ah, oh, you know, what? it's it's just stupid. It's just it it doesn't have any bearing on reality. It's fine. And then after halfway through, I was like, but it's not even doing that well. It's not even doing. There's so many plot holes. It just if you want to set it in an alternate future where the rules of you know present society don't apply, fine. But apply more rules, like apply different rules as to how this society works. No, is Peter Stormare's first appearance? Yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah, okay, how, how does the movie open again? Um, so Nico is the main character. Nico, Nico plays a courier. It's just him riding around at the start. Uh, he's riding around. Whoever wrote the- this was a big GDA fan. Yeah, Nico Lester. Yeah, think <laughs> a pattern here. Oh, yeah. So, it's just Nico riding around. He's not foreign. He's just a white guy named Nico just riding around uh, on his bike and he's a courier. So, he's, he's, a, he's a DoorDash employee. Um, he, he, he just picks up packages from depots and drops them on the other side of the city. But it's not like supplies. That's another question I have. How do the supplies and food chains run in this society? Uh, because he's just dropping, like, letters to people, basically. It's... But how can he do that? It's because he's a muni. He is a muni. He's a he's an immune person who this society has decided to call munis. Which okay, it's horrible. I hate it until yeah. Peter Stromer says it. Yeah, muni. Munis. You're a muni, right? <laughs> we're kind of lucky because we're two munis. You don't seem to understand how good us munis have it, huh? Munis. You are Munis. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's, he's got a yellow wristband, which means he can go pretty much wherever yep. he wants. Yep. Do whatever he wants. Apparently, Munis are incredibly rare. Yep. They're and like, they're not looked on kindly by most of society. People are jealous. Uh, there's a scene where he's, he's, he's riding around his bike and he accidentally finds a military checkpoint and they're all like, Hey, you get, 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 get off the bike. Get down, get down. Show us, show us, show us your hands. Show us I'm your hands. Mute. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm immune. immune. I'm immune. And he's showing them his wristband, which has a QR code that none of them scan. Uh, they're just like, oh, he's got one of those. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I'm sure that wouldn't be hard to fake. No, I'll get okay. to that later. Okay, and the military really, the military are still deployed. Uh, after any sort of scrutiny. Like, I'll, yeah. the, these uh, immune people are so rare. Let's just give a wristband. They can do whatever they yeah. want. Let's, wait, let's not study these people to find out what makes them immune. No, yeah. let, let them do their own thing. Uh, but COVID-23, which it's not... So inventive. It's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strain of COVID-19. Notice how we've had three strains since this movie was released and none of them got called COVID-20, COVID-21, still COVID-19. Whatever. I mean, it is lazy, but isn't that why it was called COVID-19? Because it like... Came out in 2019. Yeah. Yeah, new new, new COVID just dropped. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but this wasn't a new one. This is just a strain of COVID-19 is what they said. It's their like fifth year of lockdown. It's four more... Yeah. Intense. It's four it's four times worse. Everything is four times worse in this. <laughs> uh, the the military control, the authoritarian nature of the government, the dialogue. Uh, everyone's <laughs> just watching streamers. Apparently it's just the news and streamers that yep. all anyone watches. Yep. 
Who's running the media? Who's streamers with terrible setups, like literally just oh yeah, like just the a back room of wall. and a ring light, <laughs> a ring light which makes them have the creepy porno vision where they have just white rings around their pupils. <laughs> Scary, uh, yeah, j- terrifying. I-, I I watched a YouTube thing. I was trying to learn how to do lighting properly. Like, why do they keep using ring lights? And then the guy who was making it was clearly trying not to say ring lights are used in porn but he absolutely wanted to say that why why are ring like, lights you see ring lights in some uh, uh, certain uh, uh, generally low budget kind of films um, I was like okay you know exactly what you're doing and the comments are just full of people being like just say it's in porn we all know it's in porn just say it's in porn uh, they use it because it's cheap Okay, okay. Yeah, and if you're trying to seduce 18-year-old girls into being on camera... It looks professional. They think it looks professional. Not that I've looked into it. Oh, by the way, have you seen 8mm yet? Nope. Oh my god, you should watch it. Is this a sequel to 8 Mile? No. Is it a prequel? No. What does it say? Something about the streaming... Uh, because the munis... Because it's airborne, COVID-23 is airborne, they aren't allowed to live with their families. They have to, like... You know, every time they leave the house, they risk bringing germs home, so they have to live by themselves, can't be with their family, and uh, it's led to some, you know, awful, awful state of things as far as dating goes. Because uh, Nico, our our favourite Muni courier, he's got a he's got a little girlfriend um, that he facetimes with every night, and presumably, I can't believe they didn't show a cyber sex scene. I wish they had. They just keep <laughs> talking about how they can't wait to hug and kiss each other. It's like. Come on. Oh, sweet. But where's the cyber? We all know that's what they're doing. Show me some cyber. I want to I wanna see hey, them. We saw a little bit of that in another scene. I think the most annoying part of all of their, their like, you know, over camera interactions, which are clearly, it's really obvious at a few points, quite a few points that they're not allowed to have more than a couple of people in a room at a time in a shot because they're almost always alone. It's all, almost always only one or two people in your conferencing. Yeah. But like even even when they are together in the same room, it's only two people and maybe one person pokes their head in from out the back. It's like they don't they don't give enough setup to this world. They're like okay, it starts, we have the classic thing where it's like we hear clips of several different news reports that's like half explaining what's going on. Yeah. But it's like we don't know what year it is. We assume time has passed because, like, phones are a little bit different. Oh, uh, everybody needs to do a temperature scan every morning to make sure they're not sick. Right. On their phone, they've got the app up. Yeah. Everyone's got to do it. Yeah. Um, and yet, despite that, people still get sick inexplicably and apparently don't do the check until they are literally hours from death. Yeah. Apparently, people will just, like, video conferencing's the thing... Why is it called Songbird? I figured because it's like the main character is trapped like a songbird and you also have the Alexandra, you know, da-da-da or whatever character who's a singer. I don't know. Uh, whatever. How can you have Three Little Birds by Bob Marley and the Whalers in the trailer if you don't call it Songbird? How can you have Bob Marley, <laughs> Three Little Birds in this movie and not make everybody think of a better movie, which is I Am Legend? I do not like that movie at all. Well, compared to this... <laughs> You like this like, one I feel better like than I, I Am this Legend? movie because it knows it's crap and I can enjoy it. What I Am Legend thinks it's I Am Legend was at least a good experiment. Like having just Will Smith in it. To, like for the first. Uh, oh, no spoilers. Uh, 
having just Will Smith as in you know, as the only character to drive the movie forward that was at least experimental yeah and in this case failed. it's just like shut up in <laughs> in this case it's just uh you know they they actually can't film more than one character at a time but they still decide to just make reference to i am legend in like the first five minutes or maybe they genuinely didn't know um oh uh, yeah so okay nico at the yeah. beginning, I was like, this character is such a douche. Yeah. Like, what a dickhead. He's got one job. He's a courier. I didn't change my and mind. And he's not even doing his work. Yeah. It's like, he's like, God, yeah. he's shooting yeah. hoops. Yeah. And, and less- then it's like, oh, wait, no, he's trying to save up money. So him and his girlfriend, what's the uh, the girlfriend's name? Uh, uh, Sanchez. Sarah. Okay. <laughs> so he and she Sarah can escape to Big, Big Sur. Yeah, can live a happy life together where they can finally be together. Yeah, and but then, then he's like <laughs> slacking off and not taking jobs. Yeah, uh, and like Les- his boss Lester, played by the magnificent Craig Robinson, who I don't know what he's doing in this movie. Um, Craig I, reckon, I reckon they had him for one day because he's never yeah. in a scene with anyone else. Yeah, it's just him sitting at a desk at the same <laughs> desk every single time. <laughs> just tracking Nico all over the city, which I thought, like, his character was supposed to be, like, you know... Well, obviously, it is supposed to be, like, an Amazon, like, middle management kind of person. Right. Who, like, yeah, is, like, tracking all of his employees' movements constantly and being, like, get your ass back to work. No, it's not. It's not supposed to be a priority. If it's a priority, you should be doing it already. And I was, like, okay, that's a pretty good satire. But later on... No, he actually owns the company. Oh yeah, okay. He owns the company. But I he thought he was does. supposed to be like a middle management type who was just being an absolute scumbag because he's a middle management type. That's what they're supposed to do. Hey, he's a hands-on manager because he also does all of the incinerating. He'll get in the yeah. hazmat suit and incinerate the stuff. Yeah, and it because turns out he's like the only person that works there. Like what the hell? <laughs> and it turns out that because I, I thought this was the no, I was wrong. This is. I was like, ah, oh, this is a satirical role because it's, we get a shot of Nico sitting up on uh, the side of a bridge or something and in the background there's a, there's a billboard that says Lester Getz, uh, it's the name of the company, with Lester it's smiling and posing with a package and the tagline, we're one big happy family. I was like, okay, that's a, this is a strong satirical yeah, role for Craig, for yeah, for Craig Robinson because it's like, yeah, they're they're pretending that this company is like a substitute for the family that he's lost. When really he's a hard ass who just like wants his curious to get the job done. Yeah, and um, it turns out he does. But it turns we're out that it family. was genuine. That where one big happy family thing was genuine, and it's it's endorsed by every single party in the film. But like, even when he's like. When he runs the risk of losing his best courier, there it is. When he runs the risk of losing his best courier, uh, he's like, "All right, man, I'll give you the hookups you need to, to to get where you need to go." And that's only like half an hour all the way in, and I was like, "Okay, this Even is." Even I'm gonna burn myself with my most valuable customer. Yeah, like what they they make him a good guy. They, yeah, at the beginning, he's like, okay, he's he's the he's guy. A, he's the an asshole. Center calling yeah. out to everyone who's and he's a bit of an asshole. And he's you know, sure he might have a heart of gold, but he's a bit of a hard ass. Yeah, and yeah, and no. oh no, we're gonna make it so he like risks everything for this career that he sort of likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, he, on the other he's hand, he's got a soft spot for him because we don't know why. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then there's another another uh, the B plot of the film, you might say, is. Uh, 
uh, starring Bradley Whitford, the champion of not understanding satire, who probably thought this was a satire after his puzzling experience with Get Out and was like, yeah, I'll take this role. Not understanding it was serious. Yeah, he's definitely in that lane of like crazy middle-aged white guy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Bradley Whitford and uh, Demi Moore. Demi. 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 I don't know. That was a character I played in a play once. Demi. Is it Demi? I'm is it not short sure. for something? I think Demi. Bruce Willis's ex. Let's go with that. Uh, Demi Moore. Yeah, Moore. <laughs> uh, Debbie Moorish. Um, I haven't seen her in anything in a while. No, nobody had. That's why I was like, there's some actors where I'm like, yeah, I can understand what you're doing here. <laughs> like Demi Moore whatever child slave she's got uh, playing her immunocompromised daughter I was like well yeah immediately we're showing her motivation she lives in a mansion with her husband and immunocompromised daughter and her housekeeper oh yeah and her housekeeper who's been there for three years did they explain that because I mean at the end they try and give the housekeeper an arc yeah. It's like, wait, where did that come from? No, the, the, the housekeeper disappears for most of the film. <laughs> yeah. She's in the first scene and the last scene, and that's it. Uh, yeah, so. But they're, they're living in the mansion, and the only way that, like, Demi Moore's motivation is, like, she's going to do everything to protect her daughter. She, <laughs> herself, she she is a muni as well, and she's fine. How well do you think they follow through on this, uh, on that arc, Lauren? I, I don't even know what happened after that. We, we don't know what, what, what happens. That's that, Because most of the characters have that thing of you must do everything to protect uh, the ones you love, including letting your husband go fuck other girls. And then die. Yeah. yeah get, getting upset at your husband because he went out, because he's going to stop you from being arrested. Because they're running a little a little, a little side, uh, side hustle. Uh, well... I think it's just a hustle. I think it's their only job because nobody in this thing has a job except for uh, Nico. Yeah. Nobody does anything. How does anyone make money? How does the work? How is it working? How does the we economy don't need to work? Know. We don't need to know. Where's the food coming don't from? Don't think about it. Why do they have supply? Peter Stormare keeps fi- finding beers in- <laughs> midway through my raids, and he's for like, a beer. "My kingdom for a beer." <laughs> and he finds one. Where? Where is the beer oh, coming yeah, from? Yeah. What the hell? Oh yeah, gotta have that product placement. Nico opens his fridge. He's got like three different types of beers. Yeah. Like, his, his fridge is just filled with beer. Where are they getting beer mm, from? Grab one of those refreshing Coors Lights. Who's making beer? Nobody's allowed out of the house. <laughs> that is very strange. Ah. Oh. Hey, but they're still living their active but, lifestyles, working out. But also, they're running their side hustle, which is they sell uh, muni, muni wristbands uh, to just whoever so that they can go off for, like, trips down the coast. But do whatever rich people do. Yeah. It just... It costs, like, 200 grand for, for a pass. So, you know, it's exclusive. Only, only the rich get to prosper during a pandemic. Uh, such as Mr. Uh, Bill Gates. Uh, <laughs> Who is now? We're not circling back to that. Who is now ninety billion dollars richer than he was at the start of the pandemic? Um, but the husband and wife doing the hustle together. The wife handles the. Who could the personally clients. pay for enough vaccines to vaccinate all of India and still be thirty billion dollars richer than he was before the pandemic started? Hey, but he's trying to, you know, do Beyond Meat patties. So I hope he fucking dies. No? I hope he dies. I will skin him myself. Um, oh yeah, the, we also get to see Peter Stormares first appearance and then just disappears for another 15 minutes but he's just in this caravan that he's parked on the side of the road frying burgers and drinking beers did you did you see his first scene 
I must have. I just can't remember it. Uh, it's it's mint because just the, from the second that he appears, I was like, all right, I love this guy. Yeah. Oh. Uh, he, the main reason I wanted to watch this movie is because I saw him yeah. in the trailer. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a good time. Yeah. Just, well, on, when I saw Bradley Whitford was in this, I was like, maybe it's a satire. And then I saw his character and I was like, oh, he thinks it's a satire. Yeah. He, he got. I, mean, I don't know. His maybe world, that's just the way he plays characters. His I've world was rocked by uh, Get Out. Yeah, but I feel like okay, you go back to like West Wing. He's always played it that way. That sort of like smirking, smartass. Like yeah. I'm. I like I know lots. But he thought that, he thought that uh, that his uh, role in Get Out was like one hundred percent good guy until it turns out that he's bad didn't understand that his line i would have voted for obama a third time if i could was a joke like you, he, you don't reckon no he he said he said he didn't know it was really? a joke oh my god jordan peele said he was wow he didn't know it was a joke that works so much and better I decided, that's like the perfect line yeah. reading then anyway i decided not to tell him because he was giving <laughs> it so good. he was giving a perfect performance wow and since then, he's just had his shit rock. He doesn't understand. Peter Stormares. What is his accent? He's like Swedish or something? Yeah, I think he's Swedish. Dirk and Hurricane hunting trolls. I mean, he's played everything. He's played Russian. He's played German. We are Russian. Yeah, that's true. And he was a Italian mob boss in Prison Break. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, John Abruzzi. <laughs> Uh, who died as all Italians should yeah they showed like because because of the virus being airborne uh, they all have to scrub themselves every time they like are getting like once a day to completely remove their like dermis and uh, I'm only bringing that up it's not really important to the movie but we nearly got a cock shot there very close to getting a cock shot of oh, Nico when he's ripped. when he's scrubbing down in the shower oh yeah <laughs> Dude has got a rig. This like, is... Like, I don't know who this director is, but he's like Michael Bay if Michael Bay wasn't afraid of being gay. <laughs> it's all just the female gays. Yeah. Well, there's no, like, real... There's, like, some kind of pervy shots of Alexandra Daddario, but it's supposed to be that because that's how everybody's looking at her. Whereas they're way more pervy about Nico. Yeah. They got. I mean, we were within an inch of a cock shot. If he had another inch to give, then we would have seen it. Um, I don't know why he's so he's so ripped though. I guess he's like cycling around everywhere. He's doing like pull ups at home. Yeah. Why doesn't he just? Oh, he has a motorbike, but he doesn't ride it. He he got that final piece for it that he put in, and then it finally worked. Oh yeah. Where did he get the piece from? So there's there's a shortage of bike parts, but food is plentiful. Whatever. Fuck. Well, Nico's working. Why security. would there be a shortage of bike parts? Nobody can bike. There should be plenty of bike parts. Because no one's in the factory to send them out. You know, he goes back to his office to get pencils because pencils are such a hot commodity. He's he's yeah he he. Why are pencils a hot commodity? Okay, so nobody's making pencils. Okay, I can accept that. Uh, it's, it's four years past they've got digital everything so pencils are a rare quantity fine but the entire thing is shut down he can go to the office and just steal whatever's there but he couldn't find another bike to harvest a part for it took him four years no how did he get found to be immune how did he get to be found to be immune and nobody I think that's my, you know maybe, maybe you know his mom got sick and then he didn't get sick so that's how they found out he's immune okay so he went to a Q zone and got out again so the Q zones work so what's the problem with the Q zones 
Also, anybody who's sick goes to a Q zone. Q zone sounds which cool. Which is just like a lawless kind of... Uh, uh, the, it's, it's, it's pretty much just a slum. It's, it's the... Uh, yeah, it's the... District 9 from District 9. They, they never showed us inside the Q zone, though. So, it's a bit like... Uh, yeah. They're like, you, that's where people go to die. But you just is there get, like a yeah. whole another community there where people are living? Or like- you get like an external shot of, of, of it, which might just be recycled footage from District 9, honestly. Like, if... if- the disease is so deadly. Surely everyone that just gets sent to the Q-Zone dies. Yeah, but there. no, we see pretty quickly in the film that people get out of the Q-Zone only for Peter Stormare to knife them <laughs> for no reason. This, okay, so strange. Okay. okay we're going to go back to my plot. Yeah. So uh, we trying to earn money to get away while Sarah is living with her grandmother stuck in the apartment. Yep. Nearly got a cock shot. I've got that down. Uh, why did the Ferris wheel explode? Yeah, what like the, the the city is in absolute not just like, decay. Not like yeah, fall apart. Yeah, like it must be years, right? Because we yeah. have grass growing up between the cracks in the road. Yeah, like it looks like it's been abandoned for a decade. Not as well done as I Am Legend, but um, <laughs> it's, it's just. And I think it had only been five years in I Am Legend. Just putting that out there. Really. Yeah, 2007 to 2012. Yeah, it had only been five years, and uh, it was better. This is all I'm saying there. Uh, I nearly got a cock shot. The Ferris wheel has just exploded for some reason. None of these people have jobs. The music's shit. Uh, all right, yeah, that's when Daddario comes in. So we see uh, one of the people's favorite forms of entertainment, which for some reason even the rich people who have access to, like, Netflix, I assume, are still uh, still watching streaming and it's a lady watching it. It's 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 Demi Demi Moore is watching it, so it's not people just seemingly have people streaming. They just have it on in the background constantly. Yeah. Like if they're doing something else, they'll just be watching some random person streaming or some random person talking about their lives. Yeah. Some random what what kind of what kind of bullshit world do we live in? <laughs> she was like, "All right, I'm going to do a cover of a song. Uh, what song do you guys want me to do?" Yeah, she's just doing a cappella. Well, so okay, they whatever. I, I, I thought I'll, that. I'll okay, that. can we talk about that scene? What, uh, it's this movie also has the guy who was in uh, Richard Kai? Jewell. Oh, and Cobra it's Richard Kai. Jewell. That dude is blowing up. What's is he name? the Cobra Kai guy? Uh yeah. He plays. Freaking, what is it? Stingray. Stingray? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Paul Walter Hauser. 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 Um, that dude's having a big couple of years. He's he's yeah. It's it's good to see like that dude getting some recognition like Richard Jewell he was absolutely phenomenal in why don't we just do Richard Jewell fuck this movie <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah no he was fantastic in Richard Jewell uh, so good to see him getting some rep in shitty B B films well like okay obviously he can do serious acting the first he film Kai, he can do like funny yeah and it's like okay what it's interesting to see like what he took this movie seriously like he's playing a real character in it he plays a, a war veteran who's yeah. stuck at home who's become a bit of a hermit even before the lockdown happened he's been like hasn't left his house in six years and he uh because he obviously mm. flew like unmanned aerial drones whatever in afghanistan so he uses his drone to go search out he also works for lester yeah and uses his drones to keep track of all the couriers yeah he's also tracking the couriers because lester's phone tracking isn't enough they need to actually have eyes on them because Lester's such a good guy and just wants to look out for his employees who are in no danger because there's nobody else on the street. Ah, <laughs> oh, whatever, man. <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, we have the scene with this. Yeah, Dozer uh, with is Dozer. 
creeping on his e-girls. I did I did write that down. Uh, e-girls have taken a weird turn. <laughs> well, you think it's going to go this real way? Like, okay, you have this guy who's overweight in a wheelchair, huge yep. beard, and he's watching streams of this you know, Hot girl. beautiful young lady. Hot team, lady. And he's donating like $100 to her, and you're like, oh, this is going to be a little a creepy, uh, unwholesome relationship. Yeah. And then it turns out it is kind of sweet. He actually is interested in her as like just a person. He he finds her inspiring. And then it turns out she's also a prostitute. But that's unrelated. But he rescues her. Yeah, but that's completely unrelated. <laughs> and he doesn't know about any of that. Hey, don't, don't degrade sex work, okay? I'm not. I'm just saying <laughs> they're like... Oh, you think? Oh, you thought that she was some kind of sex worker, some kind of online sex worker? Well, she's not. She's a real world sex worker. <laughs> That's so true. You're like, oh, this is some good creepy cam shows. Yeah. You start stripping. Oh no, she's just singing. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, she is. She's yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. No, no. Okay, no, no. That's not exactly true. Because what happens? We have. She reveals that she came to Los Angeles to try and start a career and she hooked with up- With a creepy record exec. With a creepy record exec who promised her a deal and then lockdown happened and then it turns out this deal was never really a thing. And I'm assuming this record exec is the same dude- No, it's Bradley Whitford. I think. It's Bradley Whitford, yeah, yeah. Who's just pretty much got control over her and goes around and sleeps with her whenever he wants. Bradley Whitford actually did about uh, an interview about this movie where he said he thought he was a good guy even in those scenes. Um, I always thought you were serious. That's not true, but (laughs) I would not be surprised if it turned out. (laughs) I've got here, they literally do nothing. What the hell? Yeah, that's that's still me figuring out that they don't have jobs. Yeah, anyway, so I guess, like, she earns money yeah. by singing. To pay for her motel room. Joe she sends her, like, a hundred bucks. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you're in the wall. Let's have a little chat. And he's like, you know, I'm not the most photogenic person. Yeah. And she's like, whatever, I'm calling you now. We're going to video chat. And they just have a little heart to heart. Yeah, he also chooses the worst angle. He films from under the chin. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have a lot of good angles to work with, let's be honest there. Could he not just, like, slide up a little bit? Be he face to face. He's been, he hasn't left his house in six years. Well, okay. So he doesn't know that you don't film from under your chin. He hasn't learned to take a selfie. No. All right, fair enough. That, that's that's your plot hole. I, no, I, it was just a. He's weird, a drone camera operator. It was just he when they know kept about showing, good angles. When they kept showing his footage, and I was like, ugh. Well, I thought he looked like a powerful, strong man. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he actually had, like, a, a well-developed character. It's just that the, the character... He played it so well. ...has no bearing on the plot. But, okay, compare his character to Craig Robinson's, like, Lester's character. Like, Lester's a bit of a goof. He's driving around in his, like, golf cart that's all colourful, and he's, like, cracking jokes and stuff. Yeah. And then we have, oh, who's working for this war vet who's, like, seen too much... And he's like, he's a hermit now. I, yeah. And his only form of connection with the person is like through an online stream. I think he would have been the most interesting character oh, to make a movie about. Totally. I, I agree. But he didn't. It just, but the movie's not about him. Instead, it like relegates him to like a supporting character of a supporting character of a supporting <laughs> character. He's, he's the subplot of a subplot of a subplot. Yeah, the only things he do are about the subplot. Which doesn't actually resolve, like, end up coming I back it would and be affecting. A bit more connected. I'm like, oh, how is Alexandra Daddario going to meet up with Nico? Like, where's that running going to happen? No, and I was like, no, <laughs> no. It, she only gets like to her car. That's she gets exactly two meters out of her room in this entire movie. 
Uh, okay, so after they have the little chat online. Uh, this is when uh, Sarah... The neighbor gets sick. Yeah. So Sarah's apartment has a, a crisis. Somebody down the hall is getting sick, uh, which means the Department of Sanitation is called in. And they're basically like SWAT in hazmat uniforms. I do like how Why in are this they... future it's like the Department of Sanitation has like become the government yeah. department that controls all this stuff. Yeah, they are the new LAPD and they're still doing the same things, but just cracking down on working class people of colour. But yeah, it's Stormair, so they decide to introduce this character properly by him turning up at this apartment block, seeing a guy outside who's, I think he's immune? He must be immune. He's outside. And he's like, uh, hey, man, I just got out of the Q zone last week. And he's like, what are you doing here? And then Peter Stormare just knifes him. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> For no reason that. whatsoever. I feel like that. What, was he trying to get like a wristband or something? Or I don't know. But anyway, that's purely. That would, yeah, that's a good explanation. It's just not what happened. <laughs> that scene is there purely to tell us that Peter Stormare likes to get up close to people and stab them. Yeah. This is laying the groundwork for that. Sniff at them a little bit. <laughs> <sighs> but we do Ooh, have... Ah. So, Sarah's neighbour gets sick and Department Ooh, of Sanitation ah. is called. Uh, so, we have Peter Stromer rock up to the apartment mm-hmm. with his sanitation posse. I love that. I love how it's like everyone's kitted up in their full suits. I think we have Peter Stromer just walking in his tan yeah. suit. Also, why do they all have hazmat suits when the military was just wearing masks? Yeah, I guess they're going in and touching stuff. And it looks cool, okay? They look like they're the quarantine people from the Monsters, Inc. movie. You can uh, purify anything in this world with, like, a two-second exposure to UV light. Oh, yeah, well, so, like, every time a package is delivered, it needs to be put into this UV light scanner and then put through. Why can't people just go through that scanner? Well, what about the things inside the box? UV light's going to get the outside, but then you open the box, and it's like, well, UV light hasn't touched that. I don't know what UV light does. <laughs> Yes, so Peter Stormare just raids the place and uh, uh, another woman tries to like... Takes the sick neighbour away. Yeah, tries to sneak out and like be like, let me in, let me in, let me in. And... uh, We have Sarah holding the door. She's thinking about opening it. And and she's on the phone to Nico and Nico's like, don't open that door. Don't you dare, don't you dare, don't open that door. And then uh, Peter Stormare and his his goon squad grab the woman and drag her out. (laughs) At which point Peter Stormare... (laughs) It rings the doorbell of her house just to deliver just some spicy so d- good. dialogue, which just, yeah, it, it just pure villainy. I don't know exactly what he says. It's just, I'm afraid we've had an outbreak in this, in this apartment complex. So stay indoors, stay, stay, stay sane and stay safe. Oh, I love a great line. <laughs> well, don't forget your temp check in the morning and remember, stay safe. Save and sanitize. Oh, God, he's so good. He's just chewing the fucking scenery. This movie would be over 50% worse without him in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's, he's This would be like straight to DVD The one quality. thing that people actually praised about this movie was Storm Air. <laughs> he's, he's having the best time. <laughs> he's clearly enjoying the hell out of himself coming at the expense of the rest of the movie. <laughs> It's like, it's like every other part tries to take itself incredibly seriously. He knows what movie he's in. Yeah, except for Peter Stormare, he's just like, I'm not turning this shit down. It's, it's like the main characters, I think they're in some like 
I think they're in a transformers Tra- yeah, movie. Romeo and Juliet, tragic romance or something. <laughs> Craig Robinson thinks he's in like this, you know a, a satire comedy. He thinks he's in Sorry to Bother You. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have Dozer, who thinks he's in some fucking yeah, serious drama. Dozer's in Rich Jewel too. <laughs> Um, he just wants to show off his acting chops yeah Alexandra Daddario I don't know what the hell she thinks she's doing maybe Showgirls <laughs> yes oh my god her in a remake of Showgirls that could actually work but we, we've got we've got Sarah very worried now what is up with her hair I, I couldn't f- just, just it, it like from the back of her ear there's like an inch where it's just nothing I was like what's going on here <laughs> can't say I caught that it was so distracting to me I'm very sensitive about hair placements. <laughs> puzzling me. I spent more time worrying about that than anything. I think it's about three times in my questions. Okay, the we okay, what I don't get about this movie is okay, they're in lockdown, but people can it's illegal to leave your house. But yep. you can leave your house if you want to. I mean Peter Strom being like, Oh, you know, if you're sick you need to tell us mm. and they're like, We'll be back to check on you. What, what the hell? Why did it take them so long to respond? Anyway, um, okay, what, what happens after that thing? We have, you know, Peter Stramer's like, okay, I'll be back to check on you. Uh, uh, Nico says he's rushing to make sure that she's safe and she, he, he rushes to her apartment. Uh, and he uh, flips his phone up, which is like, you know, he's got FaceTime, but it's like an iPhone with like a flip screen. So that when he flips it, there's another screen underneath that shows like the call details and information. And, like, has the numbers in there, but still full screen on the phone. And I was like, that's cool. That's a good idea. It was very... It was That's sick. probably going to happen, right? It makes yeah. sense. Especially when, like, you know, streaming video calling becomes more... Yeah. Ridiculous. Unfortunately, that led me down another rabbit hole. Who is still working on phones? <laughs> like, how it, are people is, still the, working the, on phones the and producing... The pandemic's only in the States. The rest of the world is unaffected. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the, only in California. Presumably, the Chinese are just dead at this point. Uh... And then, yeah, it's, 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 uh, Nico promises that he's going to, uh, get them wrist passes because Lita is, is sick. Lita starts coughing in another room, which is Abuelita, which is Spanish for grandmama. Yep. Thanks to our Latin speakers. Yep. Duolingo. Uh. Oh, this is another thing I don't get. Okay. So she comes up on the scan. Yep. And it's like, okay, this person is infected. Don't leave your house. Arm guards are kind of c- come around mm-hmm. and make sure you don't leave. And then it takes them three days to get there. Yeah, what the hell? Wouldn't they be like, okay, we're coming around to pick you up immediately? Yeah. Rather than like, no, we're going to get people to go to your house. This is definitely going to be sure. causing some interference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. They're just, it's a uh, bit of time. Yeah, it's just... So yeah, he- so he falls asleep outside the door um, because he wants to be close to her, even though the danger's already passed by the time he gets there. Um and uh, at the same time Bradley Whitford goes out for an expedition and Demi Moore's like you know you're endangering our daughter every time you go out and he's like yeah but I've got to do this I have to do this and she's like you're right you do have to do this you gotta earn money for but, our family but when you get home you burn your clothes at, before you come inside and uh, presumably I thought that he was going out to deliver some of these illegal wristbands but instead he's actually going out to May's apartment, to Alexandra Daddario's apartment, uh, to and yeah, at this point I just There's wrote down weird, kinky um, safe sex. Yeah, I, I just wrote down at this point. All right, actually, e girls aren't that different. 
Because, yeah. yeah, he just gets down with Alexandra Daddario, neither of them wearing the full-body condoms, which you would presume had been recommended in this kind of world. Uh, and then he takes his mask off, and he takes her mask off because he wants to... He wants to violate her boundaries. Yeah, it's a weird relationship. Like, he's got this power over her, and I don't really know why. Well, I mean, we find out which she finally does pluck up the courage to be like, this is ending... Yeah. Fuck this relationship. I don't want to ever see you again. And he but, fucking yeah. loses it. It's not even a he real... He manages to send about 20 texts in the mat in the space of two seconds. Yeah, that was absurd. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get that, like, it's supposed to be about abusive relationships getting worse under COVID. But it's not that because they're not yeah, around each other 24-7. He, he, come, he comes for a route once every, like, two weeks, I assume. And, um... Well, maybe he doesn't, because that like almost seemed like the first time that I guess I oh, know, no, surely. Maybe it was the first time he well, pulled I think his mask he, off. It's seemingly like he's going like every night or every second night. What does this take over the place of two days? I don't know, man. He sees it one <laughs> night, and the next night I was like, I need to see you again. Anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, he gets home and he burns his clothes while staring at Demi Moore through the window. It Jesus, weird shot. Suspicious. But they said that there are particles all over people, so burning the clothes wouldn't do anything. It, it. He's still now naked. He's still got, he's still got the mask on. Yeah, that he, could have stuff on it. He's now naked and covered in germs. <laughs> he, he put his clothes off after after going out for a route with another uh, possibly potentially sick person. Another vector of transmission. So he stood under the U, UV light and was fine. Then why don't they all do that? Fuck. At this point, <laughs> down and Nico in the meantime is just repeatedly skipping orders and playing b-ball on his shift. Uh, He's having a great time. Yeah, which Lester's just like, what did I tell you about you, you, you getting your packages on time? And he's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> oh, I'll be like, the best. His best courier, but like, we only seem to deliver like three packages and two of them are late. <laughs> all right, whatever. Uh, what are they doing with all that money? Demi, Demi and... Uh, that is, yeah, they needed to keep up their lifestyle, but it's like, what, to pay their housekeeper? Yeah, I think that's the it's only like, thing. Like, if they're making two hundred thousand dollars, yeah. If they're making like two hundred thousand dollars every two weeks, which I assume they are, then What's they're the fine. There's no lifestyle to support. They don't go anywhere. They don't do anything. Maybe beer is just more expensive. That's what it is. And prostitutes. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Nico sets out on a quest to get uh, two wristbands for. Uh, Sarah, the love of his life that he's only ever cybered with, and um, Abuelita, who is very, very sick, and he wants to transport her to a COVID-free colony to the north. (laughs) It's full of people that aren't immune. Yeah. What a good guy. But time crunches on. He's like, I need to find these wristbands as quickly as possible. How am I going to do it? Hits up yep. his boss. Lester. Lester. Yo, Lester, I'm in trouble. Do you know anywhere I can get these wristbands? And he's like, man, yes. <laughs> man, you think you're... Yes. Man, yes, this could ruin my career. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're about to destroy my company. You're my best courier and we we need you. And I told you not to get involved with this girl because it's it's going to get in the way of your work. Anyway, here's exactly where you can get the wristbands from. Let's go go over to uh, Demi Moore's house. And, uh, you let's... know those packages you've been delivering? They've been wristbands the entire time. Yeah. And even though they're my best customer, yeah. 
I'm oh, gonna I'm gonna turn on them yeah. for you because we're family at this company. So we have Nico going over to the house, and he's already made a bit of connection with this family. He's mm-hmm. been a curie for them, you know. They give him tips. They give him tips. He has a bit of a laugh with them. So he's come back. He's desperate. He's like, "Please help! I need some wristbands." And they're like, "Well, how do you know we're selling wristbands? Huh? Who told you?" And he's like, "Nobody told me. I just figured it out." And that, originally he talks to the husband. Yeah. And the husband's like, don't talk about leave. Get out of here. And Demi Moore's like, what are you doing? We need to handle this shit. And the husband's like, I told him to leave. What more do you want from me? Yep. And then Demi Moore- Bradley Whitford just a shit bag. I thought I love how he's just a total douche. He can't even... It's, it's like pointless douchery. It's not even like justified by the character. It's just... So, like what? I'm really what did you want me to do I'm really worried about what's going to happen if this information leaks out get out of here nerd <laughs> that's the most he can summon up hey dude was like don't you want to know like how he found out about this should we get some info out of him didn't he just storms out of the room or something <laughs> yeah he's like you deal with it yeah and then she's like oh cause she's like oh and she assumes oh someone you know must have spread it and he's like well how about all the clients you tell it's like yeah. oh, they, they're, they're tight lipped huh yep and yep. Demi Moore has a chat to Nico and like pretends like okay we don't sell these but I know someone who can here's an address yep go check it out and he's like thank you so much you've saved a life and sends him off to a, a secret warehouse and Nico I don't know some other shit happens but Nico goes to the warehouse and uh, who who is there? But good old Peter Stormare chewing Harland. the concrete. S- yeah, Harlan 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 Stromare. Yeah, <laughs> God, he's good. And yeah, <laughs> Peter Stormare is just obviously trying to get the information out of him about uh, who who it was that asked for it. It's clearly a trap. He's asking for the info of the person he wants the wristband for, and Nico he's skeptical. Yeah. Nico realizes pretty quickly that this is this is not this is sus this is weird and Harlan I don't know he just he delivers about three monologues which are all the <laughs> complete mania you know what I love about smoking it's nice to know there's something out there that still can kill you don't worry I'm a regular guy like you just trying to make a living you're immune, right um, and and uh, Peter Stromare pulls his old sneaky. Let's uh, I'll do a monologue while walking up close to them. Yep. And then bam, shove a knife into the stomach. Yep. Uh, knifes him, and then uh, somehow Nico manages to overpower him. Yeah, because he's so ripped. Yep. I mean, that's true. Enough, I mean, that's true. Been, actually, yeah. Peter Stromare's probably like almost sixty now. Like Nico he's been, is ripped. Nico's been stomach. waiting for this. Nico's been doing MMA YouTube videos for the entire <laughs> pandemic. He's so ready for this. He's been raiding his old gym for human growth hormone. He's been off his SSRIs for the last three years. He's ready for this. He takes him. He Harlan goes down like yeah. a bitch. Like. He goes straight down and then Harlan's like, get after him. And it turns out that there's about 700 sanitation soldiers Just all in there. Uh, you describe what happened next. because It's I do- so weird. Okay, so they're running through this like abandoned warehouse and Nico's hiding from these, these goons and he's like being sneaky and he's like throwing cans to divert them. Oh, no, he gets caught anyway. But just as bad as he's about to get caught... So random jumps out and hits the guys about to shoot him. And he's like, hey, brother, I'm here to help you out. Let's get these fuckers. 
And he's like, okay, great. Why are you helping me? Uh, the, these people always grab schmoes like us. Yeah. I'm just here to help the little guy. He's uh, Robert De Niro in Terry Gilliam's Brazil. It's so weird. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe there's like a little underground, you know, um, resistance trying to stop this. But no. Nope. This character literally just shows up for five minutes and yeah. is like, hey, I'm going to help you fight these guys. And then when Nico gets away, he's like, ah, you continue on. I'm just going to go die here because, hey, why not? It's it's literally Robert De Niro in Terry Gilliam's Brazil. It's just, it. he shows up saves the day and then just disappears at least Robert De Niro came back at some point and then disappeared again I was like surely this guy's gonna be like a big character or say something no he just happened to be there didn't say like why he was there in this abandoned no. house didn't have any weapons I thought he was one of those soldiers I thought he was one of their soldiers that had like turned had had enough of the system nah just, they're just always trying to keep the little guy down and I like you yeah so I'm gonna save your life yeah how did he know that they were the- well, anyway, Whatever, Nico man. Nico gets out. Yeah. N- and Harlan gets With the up, save of like, a literal deus ex machina. <laughs> yeah. Jesus appeared and carried him to safety. There were only one set of footprints. Uh, and then Nico, yeah, just gets gets away. And, uh, yeah, Harlan calls up... What's the face? The, 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 the bad couple. The white couple. The rich couple. And it's like, your boy is on the loose. And yeah, you've got you've got to sort this out. I tr- I did my part. Now you got to do yours. And, uh, and the, the, they call it Lester. I was like, how did your courier know that we're selling these wristbands? Yeah. Where is he? And Lester's like, oh, I don't know about that. And then he's yeah. like seeing him on the GPS thing. It's like, oh, I guess he turned his GPS off. Yep. So, so yeah, it's revealed. Uh, Ali uh, Dadadaro breaks up with Bradley. Dadadaro. Dario, uh, Linguini. <laughs> she breaks up with uh, Get Out himself. Yep. And he's not having a bar of it. He's very upset. But yep. she's like, hey, I've been recording all our conversations. I know you're selling this stuff. That's my insurance policy. So we're through. And yep. if you come after me, I'm going to leak it. He's, he, he goes Clint Eastwood with it. He's very upset. And mm-hmm. little does he know, Demi Moore's listening from behind the door. Yep. He knows everything that's going on now. Yep. Even though they mainly communicate by text, this is the one phone call that they have. So he has to clean up his mess. He goes to grab the gun. Bradley Whitford grabs his gun, uh, and Demi Moore's angry and kicks him out anyway, or something. Whatever. Go, go, go sort your shit out. Kicks him out, even though he's already leaving. I stopped writing down notes at this point. (laughs) This is where the question started. Okay, well, literally what happens now? We have... He's got the gun. He's going to go try and kill May, the streamer. Yeah. And I think at this point, Sarah's Abuelita dies. dead arena. She has a little scene where she cries. And really upset. He's like, don't worry. Still still going to sort this out. So he ends up going back to the mansion, the house, Demi Moore's house, at night to break in because he knows it's the only spot where there's a wristband. And Lester snitches. Lester snitches on him, realizes that he's inside oh, the house. Oh, yeah, he's like, yeah, why? Like, I don't get why he does that. Because he's a snitch, because he's a boss, because he hates his workers. But like, okay, except for when he loves them. He's already put his neck out, telling Nico all this information, and he's, like, lied to these people. So now he's like, okay, let's call these people and say, oh, yeah, my career is... He might be... 
the way he does it as well is so weird. It's like, oh, yeah. just I found that curio. Oh, funny thing is, he's actually inside ooh, your house. Ooh, 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 my ooh. bad. Um, I think he might be inside. He Marvel, Marvel, Marvel dialogue, yeah. Marvel dialogue. Yeah, totally. Um, so she grabs the. Okay, I'm thinking the that yeah, maybe he's inside your house. Demi was freaking out. She goes, gets her daughter, and is like. Get your face mask on. We're going to, like, yep. put you in the bathroom, close the door, make sure there's nothing. I'm going to go out, like, looking for this dude. She yep. pulls a gun, finds Nico. How many guns do these people own? Realizes that This Nico- would never happen in Canada, is <laughs> all I'm saying. Well, thank God. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nico, looking incredibly beautiful, pulls the sad puppy dog eyes and mm-hmm. is like, don't shoot me. I'm here because it's my last hope. Um, I-, I don't mean any harm. And everyone was like, you've already you know, cause harm to my daughter just entering my house. Yeah. Um, and he's like, hey, I got people I care about too. And that's why I'm here. And Demi was like, oh, he's a person. Oh. I'm a person. We love people. The ties that bond. Oh, you have individual rights and the, the right to liberty and happiness as well. All right. Here, here, here you go. I keep a, I keep a couple of spares. But then this is like, I love it. It's like, hey, this is, you know, there's good people and there's bad people. Puts in the info, gets her attention. And he's like, thank you so much. Bradley Whitford rocks up at May's hotel room. May's freaking out and calls Dozer. It's like, can I come around to your place? I'm leaving now. I'm really scared. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you know what I'll do? I'll just send my drone out. Send my drone out. Keep an eye on her. See if anything's going wrong. And uh, Bradley Whitford immediately gets uh, spooky, scary, dodgy. She tries to get in her car. Yep. And he's like banging on the door, breaking down the glass, breaks the glass. Yeah, that's when her. when she when he broke the glass, that's when he really went from like promising young woman to I spit on your grave. Yeah, form like you thought you could get away with like yeah. you thought you could end it with Nobody me. leaves me. I'm gonna kill you. There was Whoa. no pattern of behavior that suggested he was gonna go this far, but alright, yeah. yeah well, I don't know, with all those texts you're like, Oh, he's crazy yeah that was crazy yeah, the way he talks to everyone else is like oh he's a normal dude yeah no, and then he went full-on psycho full-on cannibal i love the bit that comes next though because like as this is happening dozer's drone rocks up and like obviously like this is where it becomes realistic like obviously is, dozer is this ex uav drone pilot and he goes into all like the army lingo like he sees what's going on he's not really reacting to it he can say like you know this girl that he cares about is almost getting killed and he's like oh yep uh bogey spotted uh initiating takedown just like single gunshot with the drone blood splatter all over the front windscreen she's freaking out and he's like bogey down uh return to base <laughs> Yeah, we got Bingo Fuel returning to base. Yeah, Bingo Fuel. But before we leave this one, I love you, like, sends a little text while she's, like, traumatized. Yeah, anyway. I got your six. I've, I've always got your six. God damn it, man. So she's safe now. Jump back to the Nico Sarah plotline. He's got these key cards, so he's racing back to the apartment. But sanitation has arrived and is going to try and grab her and... Nico's talking to Sarah, hey, whatever you do, just hide, make sure you don't get caught, hide yourself. Uh, The sanitation trucks rock up. She takes a photo of the sanitation truck and sends it to Nico. And she's like, fuck, what am I gonna do? They're banging on the door, I've gotta hide. She hides in the room, sanitation comes in, they're looking around, not doing a great job to be honest. No. They go into each No, because they need to show, like they can't have more than one person in a shot at a time. So it's just, it's the same individual shots yeah 
she manages to sneak up on one of them, hit him with a baseball bat. Wouldn't be that no, hard. No one hears. It wouldn't be that hard. He's only got like 30 degrees of vision. Be true. <laughs> That's actually a very good point. She could have snuck up on him from like behind his own like eyebrow or something. Just, just crouching down. Yeah. But yeah, she gets to jump on him. Knocked him out in one go. Yep. Steals his uniform and then slips out. Obviously Ocean's kills him. Eleven style. Obviously kills him because he was wearing a hazmat suit, which means he must not be immune. So now he's dead. Oh yeah. He's yeah, trapped sure. in an apartment with a with a sick, diseased corpse and an airborne disease. Ah, he's immune and just didn't know it. Yeah. Well. Well. Apparently, that's uh, <laughs> surprisingly common. Well, she sneaks out in the hazmat uniform. Just doesn't do any talking. Gives a thumbs up. Yep. Doesn't run down any alleyways or anything. Just straight down the center of the road. And then they realize, oh crap! One of our dudes has passed out here. She snuck out. Yep. Hey, yeah, there's uh, some weird stuff. It's like Harlan Mag comes out. Yeah. Feels like, quick, stop those guys. And the guy gets on the radio. Was like, she's in a disguise. Yeah. Like, Wait a second. How did you know that? He just said, like, was, stop them. Like, there was <laughs> Chinese whispers. <laughs> yeah. He just suit. He put, he put it all together. <laughs> um, she's wearing a hazmat suit, purple monkey dishwasher. Right. She's just immediately caught. Yeah, because she runs down the center of the road. And he's like... Harlan's like, you know, you're immune, right? Yeah, there's no way you could be in an apartment with someone that sick and still be alive. Yeah. You're immune. And she's like, oh, so you're going to let me go then? He's, he's like, like, no, you're going to the Q-Zone. <laughs> go to the Q-Zone. Which, again, that would be fine. They, She would get out of the Q-Zone. We've already yeah. learned that they get out of the Q-Zone if they're not sick. It's not like we've ever been seen inside the Q-Zone and there's like gangs running and it's super violent. No, yeah. We don't know. There's, there's nothing to fear Q-Zone. about the Q-Zone. They haven't given us any reason to fear the Q-Zone except that all the characters are like, not the Q-Zone. That's so true. she'd be fine. She's immune. She'd, she'd be fine. She should go to the Q-Zone. But nonetheless, Nico overreacts, freaks the hell out, and he goes to the apartment. And despite Harlan having left already, is once again in the apartment. As as oh, Nico yes, of arrives, course, of course, the, the big climax, the big yes. showdown, and Harlan like, we're, we're so similar. Harlan we're gives movies. pretty much, yeah, he gives a pretty uh, an explanation of his worldview, which might be a little on the nose, but it's at least like justifies literally everything that he does in this movie, where he's like, we are the new gods of this universe. We uh, we, can, we can go wherever we want. We can do whatever we want. We can like. All these abandoned mansions. We can just go take it over, yeah. sit by the pool, you know, you know what? Ferrari. You know how I got in charge of this department? Everybody above me just died, and now I'm the most senior person. It was a garbage truck driver. Yeah, which, that's not how promotions work. <laughs> <laughs> if you are the intern at the White House, and everyone in the White House dies, you are not now the president. Nah, it is. Read the Constitution, buddy. <laughs> That's what they all think is going to happen. That's why they all took those jobs during COVID. <laughs> we are great monologue. It just yeah, we are we are the gods of 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 this new universe. So you can be with me or you can be against me because I'm a god and you're a god. So which god are you on? Why why do you why are you so desperate to chase after this specimen? That's what he says. <laughs> what is like, this love you speak of? Yeah. But yeah, he, he delivers like a worldview that matches up with pretty much everything that he does. Like nobody else has that. Nobody else is consistent in what they believe or what they do or what they want to happen to the people around them. He's just like, I'm a god. Everybody a who's in my way. Like, some burgers, drink some beers. And yeah, he stabs other immune people because he doesn't want anybody immune who doesn't share his worldview. 
he he wants to be in charge of this world so that kind of makes the stabbing make sense in retrospect well he's this whole monologue he's about to pull his sneaky stabbing thing yeah but nico who he's seen this trick before yeah he's got a little pencil pencil the, the, the pencil he, that, he, that he gave his sweetheart boom yeah it's in the neck she luckily sharpened that off camera at no point depicted in this movie and she sharpened it up enough for him to just plunge it into his neck I was like, that was a line that was a bit groany it's good to know there's something in the world that can still kill you Ugh. like sorry your m- lack of accent murdered that line <laughs> only Peter Stormare can pull this who, off okay who is the actor that plays Nico nobody he's, he's literally he is a nobody yeah I don't know who it is I'm not gonna look it up I don't care <laughs> hey, I'm sure he's got a big bright career out of it yeah yeah definitely this, is, yeah, that, this yeah, is the one yeah, that the, the two lead actors did not make the dialogue work at no, Peter Stormare, I believed everything that he yeah. said. Well, not believed necessarily, but I, I believe that he was that character, I'll say. It's, I don't believe that character that exists. That makes no yeah. sense. He actually makes sense. Yeah. Uh, well, then after this, we have... Okay, a, a yeah, piece... Chase, chase sequence. That actually makes sense. Luxurious well, which is a chase like, sequence. Okay, how are we meant to find this van? Like, how is Nico meant to find where this van is? It's like, okay, he calls up Lester. Lester calls up. I think I know somebody who can up. help. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's how this we have that connection. Yeah. So they're hunting with the drone. Despite being on bingo fuel, the drone is still available, ready for service, and uh, able they, to check out an entire quadrant. But they know the number of, yeah. of the uh, the van because, because of the photo. They take a photo. Of it. Yeah. See, it all makes sense. Okay. They knew what they were doing with yeah. this movie. You got to film the cops, guys. You got to film them. <laughs> Uh, so Les ask like, for their badge number so uh, Les is like hurry up Nico they're almost at the Q zone you need to punch it buddy mm-hmm. he like literally the the truck gets to the Q zone they pull her out okay, Nico's so like moments away he's running there was the no point back. in the chase then it's just to make it dramatic and exciting so there was no point in the chase there was no, there was no point in the, the, the chase because he could have just got her out of the Q zone they, anyway. didn't, they didn't need the drone it didn't matter. It probably slowed him down, if anything, because he was just driving towards the Q-Zone already. But, I mean, I'm sure there's not, like, one entrance to the Q-Zone. Would you want multiple entrances <laughs> to the Q-Zone? Side a or side B? Who knows? Would, Would you, you want more than one entrance to the Q-Zone? That's multiple points that have to be guarded. If I was making a Q-Zone, it's one entry, one exit. That makes a lot more sense. Mm. But just, you wouldn't have this dramatic finale where yeah. he rides up on his bike just as she's about to get taken across the threshold of the Q-Zone, throws down his bike runs up she somehow breaks the restraints she's being held and he mm-hmm. sneakily clicks on the uh, her immune bracelet yeah like and it never happened and none like, of them wear body me? none of them wear body cam so um yeah and, she, and then he's like whoa whoa she's immune she's immune and she's like oh she's got a bracelet how did we not notice that before we'll just let her go for resisting arrest and knocking out one of our officers yeah it's like oh I guess you're free to go then yeah and then they Nico and Sarah share a beautiful moment yeah they're finally able to embrace and kiss yeah because she's like everyone cried and clapped yeah well what if she wasn't immune what if he didn't yeah what she, if, you're trusting Peter Stromer now but he doesn't know that I think does he at that point no she tells him it's like I'm like she's like I'm like you why does he call her a specimen then if he knows that she's immune but, oh, I don't know maybe he, hey, I think he, he just he hates did, women he didn't want Nico to know I or? think he just hates women yeah that, that makes sense mm. he lives alone in mm. his little RV yeah Peter Stormare registered misogynist okay now we have we have the happy ending oh god and uh it's so cheesy you have generic yeah. uh voiceover from Nico as he's show writing a letter to Lester yeah. writing a letter to Lester Lester's reading this letter uh, 
Yeah. Thank you for being my family. Yeah. People are good. Yeah. I love Amazon. Great. Jeff Bezos is like my grandpa. Uh, We we, we see Demi Moore with her daughter. It's like, hey, it's all right. Even though your husband is dead. Uh, oh, their housekeeper. May, May their set. housekeeper gets to go home and, and reunites with her family. Even yeah, though we because really they're know. so gracious that they finally let their Mexican maid uh, get home. And she's like, "What do you mean I won't see your Mexican maid?" And and Demi was like, "No, this is a good thing." Yeah, she gets to go see her family again. We are like holding a hostage. Like, awful, what? awful, awful. For three years, for, or four years, this lockdown's apparently been going on for two thousand and twenty one, two, three, four. Yeah. It's the fourth year of lockdown and they only just let their housekeeper go home. It's messed up. What else is there? There's, uh, uh, we, we, we oh see, yeah, it turns see. out May has leaked the video uh, to the authorities, whatever authorities there are. Yeah, work, like, they work together to release it. So to only to the set up Bradley Whitford. Even though, you know, Demi was actually more hands-on with it than... She was the brains of the operation. Yeah, she was the one that was contacting Harlan for the wristbands she was the one that was had set up the network of people to get her get the wristbands for I mean and let's be sure like okay before, she was killing before people Bradley went to go kill May Demi Moore gave him the gun to do it he still almost killed her yeah like Demi you know she, there's still blood on her hands or there could have been blood on her hands yeah it, yeah she <laughs> nah she's fine she no was she was directly responsible for most of the events of the no, film no 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 yes <laughs> even though she did try and like kill the main character by sending it to sending him to Peter Stromer yep knowing she was, that he she was, was doing it for the right reasons yeah, well that, that's what this film is all about that you can do whatever the hell you want as long as it's done for the right as reasons as long as you're doing it for, for your people uh, and then uh, as a final little uh, fuck you to me personally I think uh, the director decided that they should end it with um, Craig Robinson Craig Robinson yeah uh, Nico has sent Craig Robinson his own fake immunity wristband which Craig Robinson can't use because he's not immune. He lives by himself in a warehouse. If you're not immune and you have the wristband and you go outside, you're just going to get sick. Yeah. Unless you're wearing a face mask. Yeah. People are like, well, why are you wearing a... Why is he killing Craig Robinson? What? And surely, like, Craig Robinson, he, I'm sure if he wanted a wristband, he could find one. And Craig he's, Robinson's he's, just like, haha, he yeah. He does curious service for people who sell them illegally. I'm sure he's got enough money to be like, oh, hey, can you swing one of those my way? Yeah. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's, he could get one at any time, but he didn't because he knows that's a good way to die. <laughs> So Nico just gives him a fuck you as his final going away present. Happy ending for Dozer as well. Yeah. He's opening up the windows. Alexander Daria was thrilled by uh, drone footage, which... Yay, I'm seeing a photo of the ocean. She's shrieking with joy because she's never seen drone footage of an ocean before. Does he, like, give her control or something? Why is she so thrilled? Such a Hogan Michael Bay song to end on. Oh, yeah. What's the final line? Promise me one thing. Don't ever give up. <laughs> just, uh, just to remind everyone, I enjoyed this movie. You're a sick freak. All right, so what does this say about the mind of its filmmakers, Lewin? Uh, seriously? Okay, you watch the trailer for this movie and you think it's like, it's definitely appealing to the people, like it's appealing to the QAnon people, it's appealing to anyone that's like anti-vax. I, I think it's like, they're like, oh, let's make a movie that plays on those ideas, but that's just going to get people inter- in- interested, people sharing the trailer but really, when they go to watch it, it's just going to be like a generic Michael Bay-ish movie. But I, th- I think those ideas are still in there, though. I think it's it's definitely about like do break the law. You can the lockdown is inhumane. It's run by fascists, and uh, you should do anything you can to get your own family to safety. 
Yeah, definitely. But I thought they'd go a bit more on that. Like, at the very beginning, where we have all those news reports sort of, like, telling us the story, you had this, you know, like... Alex Jones type streamer who's like oh this is what the government's doing it's like you can't believe the misinformation it's like oh remember the good old days of fake news well now the real <sighs> news is even worse it's like oh okay there's gonna be you know some conspiracy streamer who's like actually knows the truth but they didn't really have nope. that character surprisingly just, nothing is developed enough for I, it, it's the same as the cruising my problems with cruising I think Nothing is developed well enough for me not to assume that it's the worst explanation for everything that they've chosen to put in there. Like, he absolutely, like, Nico is absolutely justified in trying to smuggle all these sick people that he encounters, like, every person in his life to this uh, COVID-free community, which would devastate that there's that no there's no really coming back for the grandma it's like once she's sick like what, what are you what are you doing yeah no he still wants to get her up to up to but okay the plot holes in this movie don't matter that's why I'm like it's using the whole pandemic backdrop to just tell uh you know romantic action movie uh, there's nothing wrong with that alright well like Craig Robinson again I was like did he not understand his role <laughs> like well, yeah, did he think that one was, day they're like, "Here are your lines." Did he this think that gonna do. he was being satirical, and then halfway through realized, like, "Uh oh," because <laughs> I can't imagine it going any other way. It's set up for a perfect satire of like, "Oh no, Amazon is actually like exploiting and crushing people." Like in the middle of this pandemic, they're still exploiting anybody they can, and instead, it's just like, "No, they really are a family. <laughs> they really are family." And Craig Robinson is pretty woke with his like politics yeah it's like you assume it's gonna be a critique on yeah like you know an, an Amazon sort of type company where he's just sending out his workers with no real regard for their health and it's all yeah. about money it's like he's no, tracking he, the hell out of them he's using two different he's, things yeah, he's to a track boss them. that cares yeah he's like yelling at them for taking a break and at least we don't and see yeah, Nico his like his life his own livelihood on the wrist to help this guy that he sort of likes I wish we had seen Nico piss in a bottle while on shift or something <laughs> that would have made it worth it for me um if you oh. turn your mind off a little bit I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good time it's a short movie there's some great performances sure. I think it would have been just an average movie two years ago but yeah because it's happening now because it's like the bros take it's like Zack Snyder's little brother's take on uh, what the world is like during COVID <laughs> that's all I can see yeah this is, this is definitely like this is what middle America thinks will happen uh, in five years it's the Joe Biden it's, it's a film made by the Jonathan Nolan to Zack Snyder's Christopher Nolan uh, uh, let's see Look, here's, here's some of the questions that I had is the government behind the app? If people come back from the Q-Zone, doesn't that mean that the Q-Zone works? Why are these people with an immunocompromised daughter so reckless with just opening and closing the door at any hour of the day? How do immunity bracelets actually work? Who the fuck is Dozer? Why is Demi Moore okay with Bradley Whitford getting his dick wet but not him going to protect his family? Did Demi Moore imprison her housekeeper for three years? <laughs> is May immune? 
What the fuck is Bradley Whitford supposed to be? Why did Doza mount a gun on his drone? How does immunity testing work? Why didn't Sarah know she was immune? Why do the sanitation guys have hazmat suits and the military guys only have masks? Uh, why did Craig Robinson agree to be in this? What is up with Sarah's hair? Just got Lester what the fuck here. I'm not sure what that was in reference to. Why does May get rehabilitated when she was complicit with everything? Uh, why is he trying to kill Craig Robinson? <laughs> Where is the government? Who's running the media? Who's investigating this shit? How do they even frame Bradley Whitford and Peter Stormare. Why were Dozer and Daddario even in this movie? Why is Peter Stormare even bothering taking people to the Q-Zone if he just wants to kill them? Yeah, what are they doing with all their money? Where are they getting food from? Why is it called Songbird? Where do supplies come from? This is my, my, my final take on the movie, really. Uh, this is the fantasy that a cocaine-fueled Uber Eats driver has after tossing a 4am kebab on the doorstep of a mansion he hopes to own one day. <laughs> That's about, that's all I have to say on this movie. I think it's like, I thought it would be more conspiratorially focused. Like, it's still, it's like, you know, the disease is real. It's like, they're still watching the mainstream news. It's like, yeah. it's not saying the government is that oppressive. But I think that makes it dumber. That the disease is real and worse and, yeah, it's... Oh, it's, it's definitely silly. It's like, all of those questions you have, it's like, you know, where do they get their food from? It's, it's like, well, you know, why isn't there like a vaccine? All these questions COVID are answered in contagion. Contagion yeah. last things is yeah. like, how do they get food? Well, you have to line up for it and there might not be enough and people have to like loot stores and it's every person for themselves. Yeah. And it's-, it's, it's worse that people are trying to break the law in this because it's so much worse than in real life. It's not like, you know, not wearing a mask when you're on a jog. It's, it's like you are trying to kill other people and you're doing it knowingly. Yeah. Like, what do you think was going to happen? He's so desperate for a route. I think that's the... Yeah. That's the takeaway. Like, you want to put all these people at risk just so you could sneak your girlfriend into a safe community. Oh, that's leaking. Very dog shit But movie. I still yeah, enjoyed it. Short movie. Contagion is a That's true. It was only like, what, an hour and ten minutes or something? Yeah. <laughs> it knew what it was doing. Yeah. Hey, this was the first movie produced by Hollywood after the lockdown. Really? It was the first one to get the sign off. Well, Michael Bay was the producer. Yeah. Uh, like, he was like, we need to do... We need to make a movie now yeah. that talks about these themes, but it's still cool. It's got romance, it's got action, it's got guns, it's got I motorbikes. D- I don't understand how Michael, Michael Bay has this much sway. Michael sway. Uh, because his movies make money... I don't think this one did, did it? I don't know. That's the thing. I wonder if this was released in, in China. Oh, so I still can't believe that's Richard, Richard Jewell. Yeah, right? Oh, I, I, know, I need to see Richard Jewell. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's so good. It is, it's Wait. Hard. No, you fell asleep on Zanny's. Well, what was that for? When we watched Richard Jewell at your house a couple of weeks ago, me and watched most of it. Oh, yeah, I must have definitely. And you fell asleep after huffing a cone and... Uh, Don't want to talk about that. <laughs> passing out on a zanny that mm. convinced to give, convinced you to eat at 1.30 in the morning. Mm, I think I was going to sleep either way. Well, you were definitely going to... You, you were awake for like another 15 minutes and then you were like... Uh, I'm out. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> you weren't even forming words. Who this needs all, words? Overrated. All, yeah. Lewin is a total zanny head. <laughs> he's, he's basically the little zan of the western suburbs. <laughs> yeah. Let's wait until I get some facial tats, right? Mm. It'll be scary. Think but yeah, yeah I'd, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd recommend this movie. If you just don't take it too seriously, after a bit of mindless entertainment, it's something you can laugh at, but, you know, also have a good time. 
it is a cousin film where I feel like you would think it's a nephew film. No, I think it is a cousin film. Yeah? I think it is a cousin film because it doesn't even understand that it has implications. The trailer makes it seem like it's trying to say something deeper yeah. about, like, uh, what the government is doing. Mm. Where in reality, it's just a mindless movie. Yeah. It's... it's I don't think it's trying to say anything. I just think that it accidentally does. <laughs> And the things that it says are awful. <laughs> but it doesn't care. Yeah. It's it's not interested in that. It's it's interested in just, like, exploiting this crisis. This is an exploitation film. <laughs> it's just interested in being like, let's get in while the, the this still fresh yeah, content. Yeah, hot button topic. People watch it. And yet, even when it comes out, it's still aged somehow. <laughs> it's still, yeah, it feels dated. Even the subject matter, like, everyone's like, what the hell, dude? Like... <laughs> Nobody wanted to hear so, the see this story. Hear this, this story. This would be so so much more interesting if it came out like before the pandemic happened. Yeah. But I yeah, this is definitely a cousin movie. And then Contagion is total uncle fantasy. Like it's just trying to be like this is what would happen. Yeah. If a pandemic happened. Yeah. 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 But it's incredibly optimistic and but totally believes. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Believes in the government. All the bad believes sides. In humanity. All the bad sides of contagion. All the things that it, that it fundamentally misunderstands about how a pandemic would actually work, how it would actually go down. Like uh, our governments are prepared for this. They know what yeah, to do. That is, it's all uncle assumptions of like, yeah, th- this is what it's about. This is how the world works, and you just need to accept that. Yeah, surely, like, sure, society's are actually, a little bit, yeah, but yeah. people still care about each other. Well, they care about yeah. their own people. Yes, you, you bloggers are actual scumbags. You you make everything worse by just doing what you do, or podcasters in, in, the, in the modern context. Imagine if in real life you had, like, an Alex Jones uh, on an interview with the head of the CDC. Yeah. Tearing them apart. I do like how we're doing a kind of, like, edgy, ironic look at, like, how stupid it is to worship authority while also being like yeah McGowan knows exactly what oh, he's yeah, doing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I trust I trust no hesitation <laughs> whatsoever oh yeah no. bow down all hail the great one I don't like him because he's in power I like him because he's in labour <laughs> oh shit oh there goes the banjo no it's alright Christ is averted okay. okay Contagion incredible movie loved it I feel like it is somewhat still underappreciated it's popped up again because of the pandemic, but it hasn't been given enough props. When you compare it to a movie like Songbird... Yeah. Oh, Contagion is Contagion is still brilliant. The amount of work that's been put in, even like... It is It is a complete work of fantasy, but it is good. But a lot of the stuff, it did get really accurate. Like, like in those opening shots, you have it like focusing on everything people are touching and all yeah. these points of contact. And I'm sure people before the pandemic would see that and might not even notice it's focusing on those yeah. things. But in hindsight, you're like... Oh my god, it was so spot on with yeah, all that thing. That that is how Leo views the world. <laughs> There's germs. He's everywhere. watching every single hand that moves in a room. <laughs> like he sees somebody like wiping someone else's face, and he's like, "Sick, sick." <laughs> but like you even have these scenes where it's like, okay, everyone knows how dangerous it is to touch hands, and then in an airport, someone drops their passport, and someone like picks it up for them, and yeah. shakes their hand, yeah. And it's like we can never. Oh, yeah, that scene with Lawrence Fishburne where he's like, uh, you know, uh, I wonder if the virus knows that we shake hands yeah. as a sign to show that we don't have any weapons. Yeah. It's like there's something about humanity that is always going to be vulnerable to a pandemic. 
Yeah, it's War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds ending. <laughs> it was the birds all along. Yeah, it was the slightest thing. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> for all of the aliens' power, they were no match for strep throat. Like an animal Even though there's a case of batter herpes. Go watch both of these movies. Except for Sunburn. Yeah, you can probably skip that one. <laughs> it's not it's not necessary. But go watch Contagion again. Yeah, Contagion, excellent, excellent. Also, Soderbergh's next movie coming out, I do want to see. Ooh. A little crime thriller, good cast. So, yeah, so stay tuned <laughs> for our next podcast where we watch uh, all of the Oceans movies. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to do like a super series. Like It'll probably be a longer episode than most, but we're going to do Oceans 11, 12, and 13 all, all in a row. I think we'll just do like character analyses. We'll just like go through like how the characters change and develop through each each installment. Because yeah, it's a, it's a franchise that's really like sums up the 2000s and how they lost that spirit. In, in in the early in, what do they what do they call those teenies the teenies oh god the, the early 2010s the yeah early teens yeah all right so yeah interesting little salon we'll have an ocean salon stay tuned for that yep uh thank you for listening to wheelie bin drag race i've been lewin i have also been lewin i thought i'd change things <laughs> up for the week i'll be you next time yep Next time, I'll be Christian. Next time, Lewin is going to rant about some conspiracy theory he read about on a weird corner of Twitter. I was going to say subreddit, but... I'll, I'll start hunting ugh. now. Reddit's disturbing. You can bring in the uh, the Twitter hot takes. I'll bring in the Reddit hot takes. Ugh, are you still on Between Reddit? Between us, we'll have all the niches covered. Are you still on Reddit? I may peruse Reddit from time to time. Twitter's so much worse, okay? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's unfiltered, raw, unadulterated, just people Straight saying something source. without thinking about anything. It's not moderated by, like, upvotes or downvotes. It's just somebody can say something completely stupid and somebody, huh. somebody who you follow just retweets, like, something that nobody would have read otherwise and now there's tens of thousands of people all in their comment section going, like, you're a piece of shit. Anyway, that's enough for this week. I'll come up with it. I'll, I'll check in some Steven Soderbergh music. Oh, yeah, do. You gotta get.